0: Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick A Side Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Angie Velez, and this is now episode 166. In this episode, we debate whether or not Devin Booker is a top MVP candidate, if the Miami Heat are imploding, Tom Thibodeau's future with the Knicks, and talk March Madness and top prospects with Ryan Hammer. A quick Patreon shout out to G-Boog, Kobe, Jeremiah, Dylan, Afosa, Mason, Rico, Gentile, Drew, Cade, MVP, Mark, SP4Z, Shot, Jordan, Evan, Dylan, Joel is the Goat, Mayo, Andre, Matthew, Peter, Daniel, Biggie, Boston, Boy, Ben O'Reilly, Mickey, William, Tyler, Ruthless, Rootster, Sensei, Stevie, Joel B, SA Crimes, Kevin S, Eagle, Dollar, Tizzy, Corey, Get funko Dylan, Playboy, Dom, Orlando, Big Chuck, Michael, Greg, Cole, Liam, T. Grove, Tua Sucks on car Ryan, Epic Linkiness, Travis Ball, Aaron, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Dave, Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Dot, George, Hikari, Mateen, and Jay Aqua.
1: Good old Jay Aqua, man. Let's get into it.
0: And can't forget about Let's Monster. Shout out to Monster. Shout team. out. I be forgetting the YouTube shout outs and the YouTube subscribers. Give sometimes. a shout out to, to
1: Mori is a fraudulent GM also for beating me in the fantasy basketball championship. Hell of a duel, man. Oh, you just shouted him. There you Sorry. go. There you go. Yeah. Congratulations. So shout out to
0: everybody. And it's going to be a great episode. Uh, we actually have a um we have things to do today so we are recording this episode then we're going to the elite eight in philadelphia we're gonna drive there it's gonna be a little road trip with drew riv and i and we're gonna watch saint peter's play unc jersey baby hopefully jersey gets this let's make history yeah Come on, man. And we're all we lamped up. We need it. You know, you you burped before the podcast. I did. But you burped under your breath Thank very you. respectfully because I'm a respectful <laughs> human being. Riv burped very loud. So disgusting. I was my dad has a sensitive stomach. And I I tend when I'm at my house, I tend to burp out loud. I don't I'm not respectful about it. I'm very obnoxious mm, you're about in your it. Own house. It's exactly. Right. That's what I said to my dad. My dad's like, Can you stop that? And he's like, It's just disgusting. And I'm like, Dad, I'm just in my house chilling, I'm burping. And I just want to ask you, that's normal to burp obnoxiously at your house.
1: Listen, you're talking to one of the most gassy individuals that I know. I'm letting it fly. I don't care. It's if I'm in my house and I'm with people that I know and I love. They gotta they gotta accept me for who I am. I tell I, I
0: told my dad I was like, what's the difference if it comes out from my mouth or my ass? Because uh, if I smells way worse. You're right. But if if I don't I don't try to hold in my fart. When I'm with my dad or with my family, I just let it rip. Does
2: your dad let it rip?
0: Yes. All right, I think, then. So I think then for me, it me it's a little
2: different because it's a lot of women in my house. So uh-huh. I try not to uh-huh. do That's stuff. so courteous hard. of you, bro. Yeah, it's my mom, my grandma, my sister. So I try not to do obnoxious stuff. Real gentlemen. But when they're not there, oh, man, it smells ridiculous.
0: <laughs> <It's in that>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm <violent. laughs> you know, Burping loud, farting loud. This is a weird
0: question, but when you're in your bed, you're laying down, you're about to go to sleep, and you start... Uh, farting do you smell under the covers <laughs>
2: <laughs> I used to do that when I was
1: younger <laughs> no, but the worst is when you're stuck in a position for dumb long and then you turn over and then like the smell hits you all at yo, once yo bro
2: have you ever farted in the shower and it smells absolutely <laughs> fucking <laughs> like fresh. like I did it one time by accident I'm like yo like the, the way it came yeah, so fast the, 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 yeah, the part, I'm like, particles nah, get stuck bro. In the vapor I like and... I had to get out the shower for a little bit cause I was like bro nah I can't stand in here yeah, man. Bro, it smells it... crazy in here bro <laughs> Like, that's the worst smell ever. Like I don't like that.
0: So we got a jam-packed show today. We're going to have facts. Ryan Hammer, who talks a lot about college basketball on the show, to talk about March Madness and some top prospects. What? But we're going to start off the show first. Before we get into the first topic, Um, you guys may notice that JC is not here. Uh, He is not going to be on future episodes, unfortunately. He's backed up. He just got a new job. He's been very busy, has a lot going on. And he respectfully told me through text that, You know, he really is not able to do the show that often. So because of that, we don't know when's the next time he's going to be on. But for the time being, just plan on him not being on future episodes. So let's get on to the first episode of, I mean, the first segment of this show. Devin Booker recently has been getting a lot of MVP push. John Morant is coming out and he's saying, He's my MVP. He's been winning. Isaiah Thomas, the Hall of Fame point guard, not the one that plays for the Hornets, was like, Devin Booker, he should be MVP. So I want to ask you guys, is Devin Booker a top MVP candidate? And what I mean by that, I know top can be very vague. What I mean by that, would you put him in the top three?
2: I wouldn't. I think the top three has been a three-man race since damn near the beginning of the year. Giannis and Bede. The Joker, I think those are the three guys that are probably end the year strong. But I think Devin Booker definitely deserves to be top five. You know, I think right after that should be either him and Tatum or him and Luka. But I don't think those two, like, I think to leave him out the top five is kind of crazy. And it it really is because the MVP doesn't have a real definition to it. The the award doesn't. Because if we're talking about who's most valuable, you take that person off the team, what is it? Then I can understand the argument for the top three guys in front of him. You know, the Joker, we know. If he's off the team, they suck. Mm -hmm. They're horrible. And B, you could probably make the argument that they're not good. Although Harden being there, it could change a little bit. Giannis, they're probably a playing team maybe or not a playoff team. But I feel like for for Devin Booker, his argument is, I'm the best player on the best team in the league by a wide margin. Sure. Like, this is a team that's been dom- Like uh, People love to credit Boston Celtics for their run in the last two months. Phoenix has been doing this for the last four or five months. Like, this has been an all-year thing. So I think... He definitely has a case to be in that conversation. I think he definitely has a case to put his... You can stack his numbers against, for example, a guy like Jason Tatum or John Morant. They're similar. He's winning more than both of those guys. So I think he definitely deserves to be in that top five. I wouldn't put him in the top three, though. But four or five for me, he should be there automatically.
1: You definitely can make the case for Devin Booker being in the MVP <clears throat> race. You you look at it like this. Players in NBA history to average 25-5-5. and five. Shout out to Stat Muse for this great stat. 25-5-5 five, and five with an 800... 800- record or better. Larry Bird in 85-86, Jordan 91-92, Barkley 92-93, LeBron 08-09, LeBron 12-13, Steph 15-16, Steph 17-18, Harden 17-18, Giannis 19-20, and then Booker this season. Now, every player I listed outside of Steph in the 17-18 season, because they simply could not give him that award, given the fact that KD just joined the squad. No, I'm saying, oh, but the year before that, yes. All of them had won the MVP. So you have to have him in that conversation, especially with everything you listed out. They have been the best team over the the length of the NBA season consistently. However, if we're throwing in Devin Booker, in my honest opinion, you need to throw in Jason Tatum as well. Jason Tatum has been a prolific scorer this season for the fact that they were a mediocre team at one point in time during the season and to now be one of the best, if not arguably the best team in the NBA that deserves a little bit of credit, in my opinion. I so understand. wait, can I ask
2: you a quick question? Does two months of being great deserve more credit than a season of being elite?
1: It depends on the situation. In my opinion, you look at the Suns. They're essentially the same roster from last season. With a few changes, obviously, you added JaVale McGee to that mix. <clears throat> the Celtics had a brand new head coach. Different lineup changes that they were experiencing throughout the beginning of the season. It was hard for each individual to find their their role. Their each individual role. It took them coming together. It took a close to a falling out for them to finally realize, all right, if we want to become a winning basketball team, we each need to identify what we're, our strengths are, and we need to really thrive in that, in that role. After Jalen Brown tweeted, the, a shift is coming, I sense a shift in the air. The Celtics have been a completely different ball team, have been the best team in the East since that span of games. The only team that you can really put on their level right now is the Phoenix Suns. And it all starts with the play of Jason Tatum, both offensively and defensively.
0: I'm torn with this topic. And the reason I'm torn with this topic is because that stat by stat is excellent. And it highlights how the MVP has been awarded in years past. Usually, the MVP has always been the best player on the best team in the NBA. Westbrook ruined it in 2017 when he won MVP cuz he averaged because he averaged a triple double. <clears throat> Jokic last season, the only reason he won is because Joel Embiid got hurt. Had Joel Embiid been there the entire season, Philadelphia, the 1 seed with his stats, he's the MVP. Because of that, it's hard for me to say Devin Booker doesn't deserve this award. But then you look at the flip side and how many com- how many people complain year in and year out about the criteria of the MVP award and how it's awarded. I, for one, so, and and some am somebody who has complained about it with previous winners. Me too. Giannis, in 2019, he won because his team won 60, 60 games, were the first seed, but Harden won 54, was averaging 35 points per game, and Chris Paul was hurt, so was Capella. And Harden had to carry that team, and he was making history. I thought he deserved it that year, despite Giannis being the best player on the best team in basketball. You look at another year with James Harden in 2015, Steph Curry won the award. I thought Harden was better than him that year. And he led a Houston Rockets team to the second seed, despite not having the same roster quality as Steph Curry. Because of that, maybe we're moving into a new era of how we award the MVP. Maybe... It's not about being the best player on the best team anymore, but simply being the, the best player of the year. The most, va- like what it's supposed to be, the most valuable player in the NBA, the best player in the NBA. Devin Booker has the box score stats, 26 points per game, uh, around five assists, close to six. Six of the last seven MVPs led the NBA in PER. 11 of the last 13 have done that. Devin Booker is not even top 10 in PER. When we talk about advanced stats alone, Devin Booker is nowhere near any of the top guys like Embiid, Giannis, Joker, Luka, LeBron.
2: Tatum. Steph.
0: Tatum. Steph. Uh, Devin no, Booker like, is nowhere near that. <clears throat> I think Devin Booker's MVP case doesn't become a case anymore when we can say and back up with facts that he's not the most valuable player on this team. It's Chris Paul. I think Devin Booker is the best, but he's not the most valuable player on this team. It's Chris Paul, and I had Chris Paul as my MVP at at, at midseason. I'm torn about this because I know I tweeted the other day that Devin Booker would be my MVP, but after doing some research and doing some digging, maybe we are starting to change how we award the MVP. And with that being said, I think my MVP this year is Joel Embiid. Third in PER, leads his team in three categories. His team is now the first seed in the Eastern Conference. And you compare that to Joker, who was first in PER. He leads his team in all categories, but the Nuggets are the sixth seed. And Giannis, second in PER, leads team in three categories, but he's the fourth seed. I think the player who best fits the MVP criteria, not just in terms of individual stats, but also team success has been Joel Embiid.
2: That's tough because the East is such a, Tightened race and Embiid is one right now, but that can change in a couple of days. So my thing is, would in a couple of days if Giannis propels to one, for example, mm-hmm. or if Tatum propels one, would you switch and say, "Oh, I think Giannis might be in MVP"? Because I think like in the East, it's hard to use like for just the top four teams specifically, the Bucks, Boston, well, Miami doesn't have no MVP candidate. So for the Bucks, Boston, and Philly, they can change within the coming days. Does that does your MVP vote change because of the record, or it still would be Embiid?
0: It is going to fluctuate depending on the record, but I think Philly will end up with the first seed in the East.
2: Right now,
1: it is Philadelphia. Right yeah, now, they, but it can change they tonight. Have the tiebreaker because, with Miami
2: because Tatum Celtics are a half game back. They play Minnesota, so Tatum can literally go up to one after tonight. And another thing with Tatum is since the All Star break, he's shooting fifty
1: one forty four and ninety from the field from from the field three point and f- and from the free throw line when he's on the fort The Celtics averaged 16.7 more points per 100 possessions with him on the floor. He is and has been amazing for the Celtics and is the main reason for their success. You look at their team play for sure. It has been stellar. And they really have done a great job of accepting their roles on the squad. But it all starts with the play of Jason
2: Tatum.
0: I have trouble putting Jason Tatum in that MVP conversation. I don't have trouble.
2: He's not in the MVP conversation.
1: So you do have trouble with with putting him in the MVP conversation? No, I have no trouble. I was I don't Cause have
2: because he, he's saying he has trouble with me. He it's like a maybe maybe not. I there, can, I no can't maybe. put Tatum. The Celtics
1: over... have been better than Philadelphia. No, I the can't... Celtics
2: have been better as of recently than Philadelphia. For the past
1: two
0: three months. Yeah, that's recently. a that's a decent NBA. amount of time. And B has
2: been dominant all year.
0: Remember but, remember this also, the Sixers right now are the first seed in the Eastern Conference. Despite, for the majority of the season, not having a max player playing for them in Ben Simmons and not having any return on him. They just got James Harden. Remember, they were first
2: seed until Embiid went down in the beginning of the year. And this is no
1: slight to what Joel Embiid and what the Philadelphia 76ers are doing this season. He's been amazing. Jokic has been amazing. Giannis has been amazing.
0: You think Tatum is on Giannis, Embiid, or Joker's level?
1: We're talking about... Three of the top like six, seven NBA That's players. What I'm asking in my you. opinion, Tatum is right there on that cusp of number eight. Tatum is that great. But I'm
0: talking about in this in the MVP race. Is he over Joker, Embiid, or Giannis? You could, you could, you could argue with his so. play of recent that he should be in that
1: top three, top two conversation. He has been unbelievable, and he's number one in plus minus in the NBA. His defense has been the best at the wing position this season. We just need to start taking into account everything. If we're, Then take into account
2: everything. You keep talking about the past am, two months. And we're talking you're about not. winning also. No, but you're not. You're talking about the in the past two months, in the past two months. You keep saying that. And what the Boston Celtics have done, No, it's been incredible. But if you're going to take into account everything, take into account from start to finish, who's been the best players? It's been those three and, guys but, from start to and finish. Realistically, what... Or when
1: have we seen a team with a new head coach immediately off rip just be this completely different team? Steve Kerr, you're not giving. Well, we're already talking about a team.
0: Nick Nurse, okay, but Damn. That, that's a
2: <laughs> that was a good list. <laughs> that was a good list. I ain't going. That's front. pretty fair. That's pretty Jason fair. Jason Tatum
0: doesn't have a better MVP case than Devin Booker. He does. No, he doesn't. He does. No, he doesn't. They have the same numbers. They average One around the same numbers. Tatum One guy more points is, is, is good, about to sixty wins. He he and has Devin 60 wins. and Devin. Okay, he already has, he has it against and Devin again, Booker. Is second in defense rating amongst amongst guards in the NBA, and number one is Jason Tatum at his position. Okay, and D-Book is second. So how does Tatum for have guards, a better argument? By the way, by the different. way, on his 60th win, forty nine and ten. Yeah, forty nine points, points. points. since in the All Star game. 50 yeah, 40 you're and ninety. Since the
2: All Star game, I'm saying for a season, Devin Booker and the Suns have been season, dominating. And,
0: uh, uh, the this thing is, season, Kurt is not
2: Curtis,
1: not a. It was like when he was when he came into the league, he was a rookie coach. Yes, that was his first coach, being a head coach. First time, exactly. Eme <clears throat> similarly was put in a situation where last season the Celtics underperformed. They were not the team that that they were expected to be early on. It translated into this season, especially with the new coach. It was hard for the players to really give in but Ime got the best out of his players the players all came together and they they came to that conclusion of we need to accept our roles i understand that yes you look at it from the start of the season to now the celtics have not been that but why can't we give credit where credit is due where it took them some time they adjusted and now are arguably the best team in the nba it's,
2: it's okay to give them credit but it's okay we have to also look at the other guys who've been from start to finish dominant i'm not i can i can, I refuse to Credit another guy for his success with his team that they've been doing it for two months over a guy who's been dominant See, with but, his team but, all year. But look
1: at it like this. You have guys like Joel, and this is not—I'm just saying there's some in similar opinion to Joel where people believe that as great as Booker is, he's not the most important player on his team. You can't look at the Celtics and think that Jason Tatum isn't the most important player on
0: his team. You can make arguments that defensively he's not. But again he's No defensively he's not He's Rob Williams more important yeah, Marcus Smart is, Smart is more important. important than okay, well, all right. But defensively. Off, offensively
1: there's no way he's around the guy. it. Okay, he's yes. The guy. And even still he's putting up the best numbers defensively at the wing position. I agree he's not the best defensive player for them. You have Rob Williams, you have Marcus Smart, but he's still contributing at a high level you, defensively.
0: You are making a case for Devin Booker to be in the conversation. I'm he's not right. saying I'm not for Tatum being in conversation. I'm not saying Tatum doesn't deserve to be in there, but over e- Booker, in my opinion. What exactly specifics? Comparing them side by side, why would you put Tatum over Devin Booker in the MVP conversation? Offensively, he's been just slightly better, and defensively,
1: Tatum has been the best at that position. That's my argument, and I feel like that's pretty fair. And over these last, with you saying games-
0: that, with you saying that, Tatum has been the best at his position. Whatever, Devin Booker is second in defensive rating amongst guards. In the NBA, he's been great. I understand it's not the perfect stat. I know defense rating is more of a team stat. Despite that, Devin Booker has the stats. He's ninth in the NBA in scoring. Even his still, team, averages more his points, team right now Tatum is at the sixty-win mark. Mm-hmm. His team right now, he the Suns are 50 th- 52 and eleven with Devin Booker. He's eight and three without CP3. So when CP3 went out, he actually jumped up his scoring. He started averaging twenty-eight points per game and seven assists. Devin Booker has by far a better MVP case than Jason Tatum off the record alone. See, but then I have a hard time sitting with that when
1: we sat here at this table and you acknowledged how you believe CP three was the you most said, important. What's the, what's
0: the record without um... eight and three without CP three?
1: Nice. And since Jalen Brown tweeted, there's a shift. They've only lost three games.
0: That was two and a half months ago. So what you're telling me is that Jalen Brown was the guy who led the charge.
1: Without
2: Jalen Brown, he's eight and seven this
1: thing, year. But that also speaks to my point of this is going to now into a different conversation where Jalen Brown is so essential to the Celtics success in terms of he is willing to accept his role as the Robin of the team. I and, understand
0: what you're saying, but I, I don't know how you can have Tatum over book in, in the MVP conversation.
1: Offensively, I lean Tatum. Defensively, You're just I lean telling me who's the better and, player. But. Even still, numbers are proving it, and we're talking about this season statistically. I think, I
0: think Tatum is Tatum the, has been better. I think Tatum is the better player, but he doesn't have a better MVP case in the book.
2: What's the definition the of MVP? Thing is, we are the best player on the team
1: in the NBA. The best player, the most valuable player in the NBA, in my opinion. Yes, that's that's what the award should be. And
2: you think Tatum is more valuable to the Celtics than Correct. Devin Booker is? And more.
1: you know, even, what, even though Devin, they were garbage with him, because it, when Devin Booker was out of the lineup. They lost what one game, two games? They, they played Ch-
0: the Magic, the Blazers, and the Knicks. It was he was not out for three games. I mean, I know in the the games that the that the Suns played without D. Book, we're, we're recalling something that happened a while ago. I'll look while you give your point, but no, it's, I'm, it's I'm fine. Just, I, I look. Or, I, yeah.
1: I'm just saying in the sense of what you're saying is fair in the sense of they've done it for an expanded of the season, yes. But there was a time where people did not look at Devin Booker as the most valuable player on the Suns. That's my whole point. They're eight and three
0: without D book this season. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. The games. I remember what they bo- beat they I- beat Detroit. They lost to Golden State. They beat the Spurs. They beat Boston. They lost to the Clippers. They beat Portland, Washington, Portland, the Knicks. Lost to the Bucs and beat Orlando. A lot of these teams suck. Yeah, a lot of these teams yeah. suck, and that's probably why they didn't play D book in these games.
1: Listen, it's definitely a a, a conversation to be had, and and. What you're saying to me, I don't. I don't strongly disagree. I just look at the turnaround of the Celtics and how it's been mostly due to the fact that Jason Tatum Celtics has been. Celtics are two at a and huge
2: two game. without. Uh, he Jason only Tatum. he
1: only missed with COVID. He's played almost every. And single And one of game those wins
2: season. was against Phoenix when Jalen Brown played. Yeah. It's a huge win. That's an incredible win. And
1: that was a minute ago. We're talking about November now.
0: Since we're on the topic of MVPs, I'm going to say this real quick, then we can move on to the next segment. Yeah. A while back, I compared Ja Morant to Derrick Rose because I think their play styles are very similar, and the discourse in that video was that Ja Morant is better than Derrick Rose. In my opinion, I don't think Ja Morant is better than Derrick Rose. Ja is special, but Derrick Rose was a different player, and I know that Ja has been in the MVP conversation this season, but quite frankly, he doesn't even belong in it. I don't know why John Morant is anywhere near the conversation when his team is 17 and 2 without him. Without John Morant, the Grizzlies are one of the best teams in the NBA. You can argue they are the best team winning percentage-wise in the NBA without John Morant. How can you possibly be in the MVP discussion if your team without you is still elite? And you look at Derrick Rose compared to John Morant this season. Yes. The raw numbers lean Ja Morant. The efficiency leans Ja. But in 2010-2011, there were 92 possessions per game. Right now, there are 98 possessions per game. The game was slower back then. And Derrick Rose took a 41-win Bulls team to 62 wins. He played 81 games that season. And that was with Carlos Boozer missing 23 games. Joe Noah missing 35 games. Two of their best players essentially missing a quarter of the season, and Derrick Rose still led them to the first seed in the Eastern Conference. And this was all without spacing. The Bulls that season attempted four and a half three-pointers per game. This year, crazy. Memphis attempts 24 three-pointers a game.
1: It's also a different NBA. You got It's a different them,
0: yeah. NBA, but... That's we, the reason, no that's, mm-hmm. the reason that's, nice. that's the reason why Jaws. that's the reason why Jaws numbers look better than Derrick Rose's and when we talk about impact on your team Derrick Rose had by far a better impact than John ja Moran. I like Ja, he's an uh, exceptional player, but the fact that his team is 17 and 2 without him, he should be nowhere near the MVP discussion. I like I don't think at all. He I like that take.
1: Yeah, I don't just dis- sh- I don't I don't, I don't disagree. It. it just speaks volumes to how great the Grizzlies really are and their depth. It's
0: I think it it poses a question of how good can your team be if Desmond Bain is your best player?
1: Desmond Bain's a baller. He is he's mad good.
0: But how? What? What do you think your team ceiling is if he's your best player?
1: Seventeen and two. I mean, Desmond Bain when he's shown when he has the opportunity he can excel in that role.
0: You know who's gonna get paid this offseason?
1: Look, he's laughing. Don't think I forgot that you slept on Desmond Bain early. No, I'm that's laughing that fold. you
2: honestly believe that they'd be really nice with seventeen Desmond and Bain. two. No, that's great, but when this actual film out and now it's a whole season that you really are ready for, I don't there think There is that's there is film on Desmond Bane. Really? I'm talking about him him as him being the man. The guy. Yeah, yeah I understand I what I you're saying.
0: You know, uh you know um who's gonna get paid this off season? Who's been good at point guard in Jaws absence? Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones, for sure, man. He's a perfect Tom Thibodeau guard. By the way, you would love him. Yeah, defense. He plays defense. Jalen Brunson. He's him. a playmaker. I would take Tyus Jones because it'd be cheaper. He fits Tom Thibodeau. To more. Start? Yes,
2: I would probably take Jalen. Why Bronson. did you
0: make your eyes like that?
2: Because uh, I feel like you're 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 hyping him because of his system. He he wasn't a good backup Memphis in Minnesota. Is a great system. He wasn't a good backup he in young. Minnesota.
0: You, come on! <laughs> what, no, I'm being serious. He was young. He was young. You don't think who who fits Tom Thibodeau more? Brunson. or He Charles played with Jones? Tom Thibodeau. J- you do know that, right? He was young, bro. J-
1: Jalen <laughs> Jalen Brunson feels like he fits in that New York vibe. He played
0: with
2: under Jay Wright. I like I like Jay Wright is kind of like Tom Thibodeau. I like Jalen Brunson for you guys.
0: In Minnesota, his final year, he averaged seven points and five assists. He's a good he's backup. A, no, I think he's a, a good, good backup, yeah.
2: but starter.
0: I think defensively, he brings a lot to the table. Oh, yeah. so you I don't believe you're...
2: Brunson
1: does.
0: No, he's not a good defender. I'll, I'll, I'll I like I'll, Brunson.
2: I
1: don't know. Uh, I feel like
0: he just fits the Knicks more. Okay.
1: Is Brunson not a good defender? I don't know about his defense. No, he's not a no? good
0: defender. He's not a good defender. On to the next topic the Miami Heat. This past week hasn't been the best for them. They're on a four game losing streak at the time of this recording. They now have fallen to the second seed. The four games have been the Nets, the Knicks, the Warriors, the Sixers. In this season, the Heat had have had five three-game losing streaks. So this isn't their first skid. We all saw the viral video of Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam getting into it. Udonis Haslam said to Jimmy Butler, I'd beat your ass. Clown. And they got into it. Even Eric Sposher asked Jimmy Butler if he wants to fight him. That was crazy. In, in the middle of the game. Well, so gets crazy, I, I want to know your guys' thoughts. Do you think... That the Heat right now are imploding. And Drew, you have said all year that you're not a believer in the Heat. So I'm not. I want to hear from you first. All right, say no more. This
1: four game losing streak specifically has been a tough one. Against Philadelphia, no Harden, no Embiid, they lose. Against this the Golden State Warriors, no Clay, no Steph, no Dre, they lose. Lose to the Knicks. I don't have to say anything else there. And then you get smoked by the Nets last night. It's been a tough, tough road for them. And the reason why I have been skeptical about the Heat as a whole is because I can't trust their offense in terms of I don't know if they have the firepower to com- to compete against top teams in the East that are not only great defensively, but also great offensively. Milwaukee Bucks, the Celtics, I'll throw in the Philadelphia 76ers. And for the matter of fact, I'll also throw in the Brooklyn Nets who they could potentially face in the first round of the playoffs. The way things are shaking out right now, the Nets have are get are having everything perfectly lined. Where now Kyrie Irving's allowed to play in home games and away games, and so you have to look at the fact that now the Nets are most likely going to be the seventh seed and are going to be playing against the number two Wait, seed. Who which I don't is think right Kyrie now? Could play
2: in Canada though.
1: Yes, but Toronto's the sixth seed right now. Oh, so you're
2: projecting that they'll stay there. In Cleveland. Okay. I'll
1: Correct. So go- there's there's a possibility where the Heat might have to play the Nets. In that first round. And there's a strong chance that the Heat get bounced in the first round. I just, as much as I look at their team defensively, and I have to give them that credit where credit is due. Offensively, I have had my reservations, and I will continue to have these reservations on a team where Jimmy Butler, down the stretch, he goes ghost at times, especially this season. And I give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been struggling with injuries this season. Five sprained ankles, which is crazy to, 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 to really think about but he's had his struggles. Bam out of Bios, inconsistent offensive play. He's amazing defensively, no doubt about it, but he's been inconsistent offensively. And then Kyle Lowry, who's been, to a degree, a shell of what the the Heat had expected going into this season. He's really been a letdown to a degree. And Tyler Hero, to, a, to an extent, coming back to reality where he hasn't been as efficient, as dominant, as he was earlier in the season. And, of course, it's when it matters most, Coming down the stretch of the regular season where you're fighting for those top seeds, you're you're trying to gain some confidence in preparation for the playoffs. So are they starting to implode? I don't know if I would go as far to say implode. They've had great team chemistry for the past couple of seasons. But in terms of my confidence level in them, it's still the same as it's been throughout the entirety of the season. I'm not high on the heat and there is a strong possibility they can get bounced in the first round.
2: I was never high on heat, never believed in heat, didn't think they were title contenders. Joel, what (laughs) did?
1: Title contenders is I never thought they'd
2: come out the East just because of the simple fact that they just, Jimmy Butler's their best player offensively. I didn't think relying on guys like Tyler Harrow, Gabe Vincent, Max Struis, whatever, however you say his name, was going to work. They've been they've been the, they've been one of the worst teams in the league in efficiency in this stretch. They've been sloppy. They've been turning the ball over defensively. They haven't been themselves. For sure, I don't want to say Kyle Lowry has been a shellums. I just think he's been in a role and of what he, they've expected from him. I think he's playing a role, and it's like he's play, like he's kind of like succumbed to what he's used to. But I, I like I'm not gonna really go too deep into Kyle Lowry because it's been a team thing. Sure. Jimmy Butler has been struggling defensively. The team hasn't been there. Spo has to get it together. Do I think? they're imploding. No. Do I think the Nets can beat them? Duh. I thought it when the Nets were struggling. I thought it when the Nets weren't struggling. I think the Nets can beat anybody, but I also think Miami doesn't like Miami is such a weird team because in the regular season they're going to be great. They're going to be great, but in the playoffs, star power usually tends to win out and they in a lot of series they probably have the weakest star, not saying Jimmy's trash or nothing like that. So, they have a a group of role players that's really good that fits the system, but When you have a group of role players, you need that guy. You always It doesn't matter how good your role players are, you need that guy. Kobe Bryant had great role players. He was still that guy. LeBron, when he won, he had great role players, but still that guy. He still had those games where Caruso needed to step up. KCP, Kobe Bryant had Ron Artest, Pau Gasol, Derek Fisher hit some shots. You still need that guy to eventually win it all for you. And I don't think the Miami Heat have that guy.
0: The Miami Heat right now... (laughs) are imploding. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a ship that I've been on that oh my god you couldn't
2: even that, finish the season with them.
0: That right oh now man. I'm jumping ship. <laughs> I'm jumping off the ship. Respect, respect. And this is the reason why. I love their depth. I love their tenacity. The the DNA they have defensively. I loved it to begin begin the season. But I think injuries ruin the heat. I think too too far off in this season, they've been playing with multiple guys. I think their main core didn't get enough play together this season. And now that they're all, for the most part, together, you can kind of see these stretches of offensive inconsistency. They lost against Philly without Embiid and without Harden. They got outscored by six in the second half. They lost to Golden State, outscored by 14 in the second half in a blowout loss without Steph. And then against the Knicks, they blew a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter to a Knicks team without Julius Randle. Emmanuel quickly had 20 points in the fourth quarter alone, Yep, and he beat them himself. (laughs) I look at the Heat, and defensively, I really don't have much concerns, but it's really offensively where where I'm really concerned. In crunch time, and for those out there that's watching, crunch time is measured by a game within five points, in the last five minutes of the game, they get outscored by eight points per 100 possessions in crunch time. They have the fifth worst offense in crunch time at 98.4 points per game per 100 possessions, which is trash. That's one of the least efficient offenses in the NBA. And Tyler, in the stretch
2: or just in the season?
0: Um, in the season, okay. And Tyler Hero leads the team in fourth quarter minutes and scoring. Yikes. I love Tyler Hero. I don't know if he can be your main option going into the playoffs in the fourth quarter. For sure. Kyle Lowry is somebody that I don't have much faith in. I think he's getting older. His age is showing. We've seen before in the playoffs, even in his prime, he disappears in games. Jimmy Butler has always been good and steady in the playoffs, but he's never been a superstar or exceptional or elite. And I think the bubble run, more specifically, the finals, his finals, yeah, just the finals performances really flawed the way or really skewed the way people view Jimmy Butler because he's not that type of player. Bam Adebayo still has his offensive inconsistencies. And you're right. You can't really rely on role players in this X factor. I've been thinking could be Victor Oladipo all year, He's averaging six points per game. He's played in six games. He's been inefficient. He's coming back from an injury. But I don't know with three weeks left in a season if he can make a proper comeback and be himself again. Mm-hmm. And even then, Oladipo's not the same player he once was. Unfortunately, he's never recovered from his ACL injury that he suffered in Indiana. Not only do I think the Nets can beat the Heat, I think the Raptors can upset the Heat in the first round. They're 2-1 against them this year. Bam. Hero and Jimmy Butler played in all those games Kyle Lowry didn't play in those games I think the Raptors can keep the game close defensively their versatility they can match up with Miami and I think the Raptors can make a series against the Heat absolute hell and they can upset them
2: Yeah, bro. <laughs> you just it's just be left field sometimes. Yeah, nah, like it, that it, take just also, took me left field. It's also, man. it
1: I but a lot's going in my mind right now. The fact that, you know, obviously you were pretty high on the heat, which is fine. People were was high that on the, the take heat. When
2: and, you was like, was it was gonna surprise people? No. That that wasn't even so the, the take. One. Oh
1: my god. It's just from one extreme to the other with you, which is why you <laughs> kill me sometimes. But you know what? To a degree it's The it Raptors is, can match up not, well against a lot I don't, of teams. I the problem don't disagree.
2: with Toronto is their depth stinks. And they they run their guys. Their their they're five guys play a lot of minutes, and they're it's tired. It's a great five. It, no, it's it's an exceptional five. Yeah. It's one of the best fives yeah. in the East. Yeah. But the thing is, they don't have any back end talent. You know what I'm
0: saying? And it, like, Thad Young is playing better. Who'd you say? Thad Young. Uh, I mean, they they got like this the Achua thing, is playing. I think, better I, think too. I think Bam. Has I think Bam
2: solo. can have a real field day. In, in, in that series because I think the the problem with Toronto is they lack size. He can, but but ba- it, Bam and, and Siakam. Oh, I think Bam can will really give hell to Siakam. Honestly, I, I think really believe that's that. He can't underrate Siakam in thinking. his play him. this season. I
0: think whether you put Siakam, Scotty, OG, on Jimmy, they can neutralize him. I think Gary Trent's a good defender. I think Fred Van VanVleet is better than Kyle Lowry right now for easy, sure.
1: Easy. That's with my eyes closed. Yeah, but it think, really,
0: the, the series is going to come down to Pascal Siakam, and if he can be 100%. efficient in the playoffs,
1: that's such a fact. And I trust the way that Pascal has been playing this season. I trust that he can do that against Bam. The thing is, Bam's a great defender. Yes, but I think his, they would put his, on him. His play
0: is also much too.
1: more than just his scoring. Like his, a very underrated That's part the same of the game Baller, is facilitating.
2: Though.
0: I think the series it's will be a ball ball then, fight.
1: Pascal Siakam doesn't need to be the highest scorer in the series for them to get the past thing. them. Jimmy Butler. I disagree.
2: He needs to be the highest score against player. Toronto. Yes, to beat Toronto. Yes, I don't think he needs to be the highest score to beat Toronto. And
0: you know, I, I was watching some post game interviews from some of the Heat players, and they all—I think it was Lowry or Jimmy or Spoelstra—I don't know which one it was exactly, but I know one of them said that their DNA is to bounce back from things, and they've proven themselves. The Heat have just went on one run. The very next year they got smoked out by Milwaukee. This you know, is their
2: third year together. This with- this
0: team, this Miami Heat team.
2: This is a new team. We probably.
0: don't we don't know what they are. Yeah. They haven't they don't have a track record of proving that they're this elite great team. They don't. This is this is a brand new team. This is a team that has to prove themselves. After being embarrassed last season, they have to now prove themselves. I don't disagree. Somebody said this, and I don't know what your take on what it's gonna be. They said this Miami Heat team feels like the nineteen nineties Knicks. They're great defensively, but offensively, they're they're very bad. They're not good.
1: I mean, I'm not disagreeing at all. I've been saying this completely all season.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know how many times I've actually said that exact statement on this show.
2: I mean, in at terms of like 20. the tenacity, in terms of the way they play, gritty, hard every night. I, I could see. I could. But they see don't it. have a Patrick Ewing. Yeah, I could see the personality though. The personality. Yeah, I, how you ask Griff,
1: they have Patrick Ewing.
2: I'm out of bio. You know, it's, I'm not even going <laughs> to get into that. I'm not. Even, I'm sorry, I'm not even gonna man. I'm just being honest. Because I think Bam would lock Siakam. That's not a tall t- like, no, not, no. Let me not it's say that's your, not a tall title. Your, your,
1: your praise for Bam. He's an elite defender. No, you treat him like he's the second coming of Christ himself. He's an elite defender.
2: With offensive play that is spotty. Do you
0: think the Heat are going to lose in the first round?
2: Yeah. If they play the Nets, yes. yeah, I, I would. T- if they play the Nets, I would definitely. If they play elite.
0: the Raptors, what do you think?
2: I think it's a for really me, great series. For me, the Raptors have always been the hardest five games in the East, but they lose. Like, I think the Raptors would make any series tough, but they lose. I'll
1: tell you what, I would pick the Raptors in a seven-game series.
2: I'd take Heat. And if they play Cleveland, I'm taking
1: Heat. It's not like Nurse is a scrub coach either, so it would be really. Spoke clears.
2: Okay. As it doesn't matter who, like on the east, it doesn't that's, matter. But that's Smoke not clears.
1: my that's not my point. By saying that, I'm saying that it's not as if Spo is such a tremendously great I coach he is. that
2: nurse is a player coach.
1: But the thing is, even still, nurse still gets the best out of his guys. I, no,
2: I get it. Nurse is a player coach, but in terms of the X's and O's schemes and all that, Spo clears.
1: I agree. But nurse is not a scrub coach. Is what I uh, that was essentially my main point. I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
2: okay. They still, that's still an L in that department. Yeah, for sure. I'm right. talking about one of the best most coaches us, in the NBA. And spoke.
0: Most of us here are pretty low on the heat. I recently became oh, a us. member of it. I just jumped ship. Oh, okay. I'm not coming Welcome. back on it. I'm not. Welcome I'm, summing, that's, I'm that's, that's, away. Your,
1: that's one of his more respectable things. No, I'm glad
0: you. This this is, I'm glad you jumped to ship it, before the playoffs to make it clear. I'm actually going to just wait till the playoffs start. Till to. to Talk about the teams that I'm jumping ship on. There
2: you go. That's no that's valid because yeah. I don't want to hear it today. And then he changes that day. I, I have, I have
0: teams day. already in mind that I know that I'm gonna be on there. We need ship. the
1: Bulls healthy, man. We need them healthy. I'm not trying to jump ship on them.
0: Speaking about the Bulls, there we know, go. I've never been on the ship to begin with. And it's funny because been pushing the goalposts. But before the but before the season is funny. Key. You know, I apologize to Bulls fans at the start of the season. Now I was thinking about it the other day, cause I was like, man. I've been way too reactionary. I've been way too friendly with my apologies lately. Did the Bulls really deserve an apology? We're sitting almost at the end of the season, and the Bulls are exactly where I thought they'd be as a fifth seed. Thought so we'd be six. And no, I said fifth. You look said at six. my look at my Twitter. I said fifth. Um, the fifth seed and the The role player, Alonzo, spot up shooter, take age tremendously well. He's been hurt because he's well. Even when he's played, he 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 has worse stats than he had in the, with the Pelicans. But part of the reason I was low on the Bulls was because you guys assembled so much talent so quickly and traded a lot of young assets. And one of the trades was trading for Nikola Vucevic, who at the time was averaging a career high twenty four and eleven. You traded Wendell Carter Jr. for him. Franz Wagner, a first-round pick yeah. that became Franz Wagner, and a 2023 first-round pick also. And looking at this season, Vucevic and Wendell Carter, you can argue Wendell Carter Jr. has been better. So, yeah. you as a Bulls fan, what do you think about this trade in hindsight?
2: Wait, wait let me ask and you a quick what question. What are your feelings? Quick about question. It? Just uh, if you, if this, we this we, sounds backhanded, man. Quick question. If we, um, if we if we <laughs> would have kept that pick, who do you think we'd have picked? Just Davion Mitchell. You think we'd have picked Davion?
0: I don't know if I don't think you guys pick Franz personally.
2: Yeah, um, but
0: it's not far fetched to say
2: you pick Franz. Well, because we don't get Demar, so we would essentially. Um, okay, so you said yes. Wendell has been better than Vuc at His worst. Congratulations. You know he's been better than the worst version of Vucevic. A lot of people are, but I think this 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 move we made. First of all, we got a new GM. we got a new guy, AK. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm, been incredible mm-hmm. for us. Um, this move we had to make. It it was no like. There's no thinking twice about it. There was no looking in hindsight. This is a bad move because this is a we want to be competitive. We want to make the playoffs. It's been a long time, twenty seventeen I believe, since we've made the playoffs. Wendell Carter Jr. has he's improved in Orlando? Yes. Is that a different situation than what we were in? Absolutely. Orlando's one of the worst teams in the league. We were trying to be competitive. Yeah. So we were moving on to a different scenario. So Wendell has been great in that department. When he was with us, nagging injuries, inconsistent he so was it's, good
0: to be fair just the injuries that's what I said that's
2: why I said inconsistent he'll play good get hurt come back struggle then get hurt then come back like it was too much inconsistency with Wendell it just wasn't gonna work so to get Vooch who essentially DeMar has said in multiple interviews that he's the reason he came to Chicago to get Vooch ultimately to bring in DeMar I think you don't think twice about that move because at the end of the day we as much as struggles that we've had lately, we're still a competitive team.
0: I'll tell you, my problem with the Bulls when they made all these trades, like signing DeMar and all this stuff, I was like, I feel like they're making all these moves just to f- be a first, second round exit in the Eastern Conference. And... At this point in time, you can say that you're trending towards being a first round exit. This is also our you, first you, year together. You traded away future assets. They're not healthy for that,
1: which is what really is the tarnish on the Bulls right now. When they were healthy, so, they were one of the best because, teams because, in the league. Is no, what but, I, mean. I don't
2: think so because this is a fresh new roster. This is a new roster. Lonzo's new. Demar's new. Caruso's new. Vuce is still essentially new because he came at the All Star break. He didn't get to play with Zach a lot last year. So this is a this is that's five that's five new people. And Billy Don Billy Donovan, like this is a new, this is a whole new process. So our first year, I feel like would still be deemed a success because we still made the playoffs. We're still a competitive and you team.
1: Tremendously improved from last season.
2: Zach's still young. Pat Willis still young. Kobe White's young. Lonzo's young. These are still young Caruso. players. He's not. Is he, he, is, he is. He is. Okay. He is. All right. He's over twenty six. Still relatively young. Yeah, but I'm not. Young. I know. I know what
0: you're saying. But Vucevic is an unrestricted free agent after next season. Um, Lonzo Ball. I know what he's going to be. Caruso, he's good. He's a good role player. Um, Kobe White, One thing: are else, you guys going to bring him back? What if he gets an offer sheet from another team? To say we you know what Lonzo's
1: going to be is kind of— You say that disrespectfully.
0: No, I just know what he's going to be. He's a good role player. A great
2: role player. He's a
0: One of the role best player. role players. Okay you, okay, you
2: can say that. All right, good. I'm glad we but can I, agree on that. He I had know, the second best defensive rating when he played. I know is what Lonzo's going
0: to be, though. A, like, gl- he I, could I know, be a great role what, player. I know what he provides. He could be the best number three on a team. And I think you guys have been a bit too high on Pat Will.
1: He hasn't played this year.
0: No, I know. But I just think Pat Will's going to be a good, fine player. But he's also a guy trending in that good role player. You haven't even seen him play? I have. Not this season, but last season we've seen him play. Tell him, him about play. the baby claw,
2: bro. He's played one season. You don't know what he's going to do. You, you think right. it's Kawhi Leonard? Hold on. No, I'll no, I be playing. That's literally what the draft guys used to call him, the Paul, because of his hands. are comparable to Kawhi. That's why they call the him paw that. The is yeah, tough. That's why they it's call him tough. that. But you've watched one season of him, which he, were, he was checking stars, as a rookie and doing great, and then you know what he's gonna be. No, Lonzo, i feel like, I can understand he Lonzo. could be a
0: great role player. I think Pat Will is gonna be an elite defender for sure.
2: Elite defender is huge, though.
0: I know. I, that's not a bad thing. And it's not like he needs to be this prolific scorer when you have Zach. And he's already a 40% three
2: point shooter now as a spot up.
0: What do you like I just feel like you guys aren't going to be better than the top teams in the east moving forward.
2: Who are the top teams? I think we could be better. than I don't Miami. think you
0: guys are going to be better than Milwaukee anytime soon. I don't think you're going to be better than Philly with Harden anytime soon. With with the Nets and That Ka- is that that can no, be a conversation.
1: No, it depends on what Harden no, no, you're no. getting. With
0: the Nets and Kyrie and KD and then being <laughs> back agree. next year, you're not going to be better than them. And the Celtics, have figured it out. You won't be better better than them. I, I think
2: I think I think
0: And the Knicks are coming up too.
2: I think this is you being a hater. So a lot of your a lot of your, a lot of the things you're saying is just very, very much spitfire, spitfire, spitfire.
0: Mm. You think
2: so? Yeah. Boston mm to a degree yeah yeah to a degree I yeah. feel
0: like I'm spitting a lot of facts
2: I don't uh, you you did spit the facts the truth you did I mean you did spit a little bit of facts about Milwaukee that's facts Giannis but is going to be nets aren't, the nets aren't facts? the nets are the playing team right now Stop. I, there is you know what, why what do you, mean you know why we know why, why. KD was
1: hurt Kyrie was a part time now they're that's both my, on the but, court but together but that's but that's my
2: point though we don't we don't know we don't know Kyrie's not a
0: part time no more
2: yeah but Kyrie also is a free agent we don't we we we'll get into this agent. Yeah, that's what. But that's what I'm saying. We don't know what we're gonna be. That's all I'm saying. Like the Nets is still a mystery. We don't you know, know what we're gonna be. Come on, Boston. We can, we can definitely be better. Why than Boston. Can, nah, nah, definitely is crazy. We can be better. Than Tatum Boston. is setting,
0: an ascending superstar. Tatum clears every player on What's your team. That that's you fine.
2: Gave that's man. fine. Jalen Brown doesn't clear neither of our guys. I agree with that. But Jalen
1: Brown is, is the fourth. Can but you really count on Demar fourth?
0: being this great every season? Like after this, like this, is the first time we've seen Demar take it to this level.
1: Riv said it perfectly before the show. He said he was playing elite to start the season. He's been playing great. As the, playoffs,
0: as the playoffs come closer, that's what you expect. Ooh, yeah.
2: mm, I mean, you just said, could you expect him to play great when he's been playing great for like the past seven, eight years?
0: No, I'm saying, but this level is MVP well, I, I, level. I, I, I don't yeah. think elite. he'll be
2: elite, but I think he can play great. Okay. I think Zach so, can take that level. So
0: all all this to say that you wouldn't redo this trade back. You, you don't miss Wendell Carter why Jr. Why would I
2: miss Wendell Carter Jr.? And Franz. Let's live, in and season. Let's live in that scenario. You
0: said 15 and 10? 15 and 10. Vooch is at 18. Eighteen
2: and ten. Okay, 18, but Wendell's 18, more efficient. 18,
0: 11, four, one, and, and he's one. struggling. And Wendell's more efficient, and Franz Wagner fifteen point per game score too. Well, we wouldn't pick Franz. You just said that. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys do pick Franz. We wouldn't have Demar, we'd suck.
1: But, but let's live. Let's live in that scenario. Okay, so you we have Franz. we will have
2: Lonzo, mm-hmm. Zach, Crusoe, Franz, mm-hmm. um, Pat, Will, Vuch. then Wendell. Oh, you don't have Vooch. We don't sorry. get yes. Vooch. Yeah, you're. Right. I'm sorry. That's our five.
0: You think DeRozan really doesn't come though?
2: He, he's literally have said it in multiple interviews. That's why, like, I don't think you really went in here and he
1: didn't. Ex- he explained
0: that to me also because
1: they
2: went to, to school together. That well, I know, I know the history. That's of it. our five. But is the, that the a playing team? But the Bulls were. Is the, that a playing team?
0: But the Bulls offered Demar the back.
2: Yep. Yeah, is, that that is that a playing team?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: You think so?
2: Without Demar With no. Zach? Without Demar no. With Zach. We're talking about. We're talking about like. This, in, this
1: I love? think you
0: asking me a playing team?
1: Uh, wow. All right, A big reason why
0: I'm not completely that means like 10-19-2 though 10, 10, 10th and ninth seed as well
2: we were like 11th last year 11th to 12th
0: so you guys could have been playing with that roster
2: and then we possibly don't win the playing so we're back to square one listen do I but love
0: but you have your assets for the future
2: we still have our assets for the future not all of them we have four assets
0: imagine you guys picked Ayo with this with the young group of that with but, that, that but
2: we still picked Ayo
0: I know. I'm just saying, you know.
2: What are I'm you not, saying? I'm not
0: saying, I'm not saying, <laughs> I, I think in hindsight. You literally just, you
2: have said. What I'm saying. No, hold on, you have said Wagner's going to be a good player. So you basically said, yo, you get Wendell and a good player, you're good. That's what you're saying. Essentially, we're, we're, we're fine.
0: I'm As opposed honest, to
2: not having DeMar I guess my, Vuch, conclusion my conclusion uh, to this. That's ridiculous.
1: My conclusion to this. The thing is, D- DeMar is what makes this a different conversation. That's Wendell what I'm saying. Wendell and Vooch. Tomatoes. My but conclusion memorable. to
0: this Both of them
1: I know you're right That's what makes it Listen, fair Listen
0: my conclusion to this What is your conclusion young man Is that The Magic easily won this trade They they have 10 wins They
1: did win this trade But they, they won have?
0: this trade They, have
2: they our, traded they have away pick, an right? aging star We won't be a, play, a pl- non-playoff team
1: But they got Franz
0: and But they wanted Wendell. to rebuild and we wanted the, to be the competitive. So how did they win? The Magic. And we both won. Because ultimately, no, no, no. You the guys, Magic won this trade easily. You guys made The Magic fleeced time. you. How did they fleece us? The Magic fleeced you because they gave up an aging, aging star player. in Busevich yep. for Wendell Carter Jr. dodging averaging 15-10 this season. What is he going to be? He's going to be a very good defender, very good five in the, in the NBA. They they got Franz Wagner, who's, <laughs> okay. who's going to be a first-team All-Rookie this season and a first-round pick in and 2023. A, and a very good player. Maybe Franz exceeded no, 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 my no, expectations. No, no, no. He no, exceeded listen, my expectations coming, no, listen, coming out of college.
2: Franz no, I'm, I'm, I'm going off his mindset. Ah. He, you said, I just said, you that think, you think you think, Wendell, you think Wendell's going to be a good player. So essentially, we traded, they traded a borderline all star for a good young player, and we it's basically Wendell and Demar versus Wagner and I mean, pardon me, Demar and Vooch versus Wagner and Wendell.
0: I, I don't, I, I think Demar, if he gets the bag, is still going to Chicago, bro. I'll be honest. You, you, I really you, do. No, I understand, but the I'm more. was low. People I'm, I'm, were I'm shocked just, he went to Chicago.
2: I'm telling you. I'm just. I can only tell you what he said, bro. I can't tell you. What
0: I'm he looking is. at this trade. As it is, I'd rather have Wendell Franz a first round pick than Vucevic. Simple as that.
2: It's not just Vucevic though. That's why I think you're you're missing the trade. Well, the part. trade
0: is just Vucevic. No, 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 no. I'm but the, about the the, trade.
2: No, no, no. Because you have to think of everything. We get Vuce now. Demar comes. It's like it's 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 a hand in hand deal. Mm. That's why we didn't lose the trade because we get Demar. Now we're competitive again. We're back to winning basketball. I'm skeptical. We keep that team. We're not winning basketball. And Zach, like, and if Zach stays, and if he comes out and he says. I want to stay because I want to play with Demar and Vucevic. That even makes this trade another more win. That's the that's that, main. That, that's that my makes the trade argument. another I am, more win I, am see, I promise you, he's not staying if we have Wendell Carter Jr. That was my that main pick. argument. You had to do something I, to want to I make know. Zach Levine. I know, stay. but
0: I am skeptical. Of course, you of are. the fact that Demar does not even consider Chicago if Vucevic is not there. I understand they were college teammates, but as long as you see Zach there. And the Bulls are offering him a bag. That's what I He's also going said the to Bulls. you, I'm telling. I'm just telling you what, what he said. What team was though. offering cannot, that much can money? Can I not only
2: tell you what he said? I
0: understand. He but said, you it's think. not like
2: he said it once. He said it. It's been the same song in multiple interviews. But the
1: thing is, it's not like Zach Like Zach yeah, is the like top, top, top three, top, top four shooting guard in Zach, the league. Zach is different. But that's what I'm, I'm just telling
2: you what he said. He said his problem. You went there because of Vooch. That's what he said. The songs have remixes. I understand. That's what he said. I mean,
0: okay, that's okay. That's what he said, and I'm not believing 100% what he said. Maybe you, that's my fault.
2: Oh, all right. You don't want to believe him. I can't knock you from believing. But we get Vooch. Now we have DeMar. Now Zach probably is going to stay. Win, 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 win. They, I'm not saying Magic lost. They won too. They got their, he's playing okay. great for them. They got their pick. That it's a win-win on both sides. I wouldn't say a lose-lose because they're the worst team in the league. We're competitive. A lose-win. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. agree. I think of, it is good. a win-win also. Thank you. Yeah, I, man. I appreciate you made some you. really great points. got his hater on the left side. No, talk about he, the Knicks are coming. Coming yeah. where? <laughs> <laughs> R.J. Barrett. Like, where? Like, come on. Third seed. Like, this guy. Like, where, where are you guys coming? Like, come on, bro. I'll tell you what, Joel. You're being hard on the Bulls. He's a hater. Yeah, he, he, has to, he has to continue him. the the rivalry. I understand. It's not really a rivalry it's now, not. but he has to continue that. I get it. You know what I'm saying? You know he has Randall, Mitch, Jericho, Sims playing. Star oh, J, you can't forget it. Oh, Star yeah, J, yeah, sorry, Star J, Star you gotta. Yeah.
1: Who he would trade for Donovan Mitchell? Why wouldn't
0: you? Why wouldn't you? Because wouldn't you, because
1: wouldn't you want to keep them together? I
0: would, but I. You gotta know, go. you gotta I go. If you, gotta if go you gotta go. So one. you can just have
1: you know you'd upgrade a Donovan Mitchell, but then your team is still mediocre. I don't know.
2: Maybe. I mean, you'll be mediocre for years. You guys suck.
0: Before we go on to the next segment, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the college hoops action with DraftKings pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer a question like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, on to the next part of the show. We're going to have Ryan Hammer, who's very knowledgeable about college basketball, to come and talk to us about March Madness and answer some of the more Ruling questions about the top prospects in college basketball. Okay, we are now back, and we're joined by Ryan Hammer. Yes, sir. Yes, Thanks sir. Thanks for being on the show. let talk some college basketball.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to finally get on. Pleasure having you on, dude.
0: So, first off, we're in the Elite Eight right now. Um, Houston is gonna face Villanova, and Villanova won Arkansas versus Duke. Yesterday, Duke won. Smoke show. And today. Miami and Kansas, UNC versus St. Peter's. Who do you think's gonna win in these two matchups?
3: I mean, I know we're all rooting for St. Peter's at least. Right? You already know, you, uh, except this yeah. guy over
1: here, <laughs> <laughs> terrible New Jerseyan.
3: I mean, like it's it's the seed differences are is crazy in this one, kind like the kind of like Kansas Miami. Um, but it's it's tough to say. Like, I don't think St. Peter's. I wouldn't pick them if I'm like making a pick gun to my head. But like, they can win, man. Like they. The teams they have beaten so far, the three teams, all rely on talent and athleticism over tactics and scheme, and they kind of, like, get streaky. And North Carolina is another team like that. They play hero ball. They took 31 threes last game. They rely on someone to get streaky. So I'm hoping that St. Peter's runs that 3-2 zone today to really shut down R.J. Davis, Caleb Love. Uh, I'll be bold. I'll take St. Peter's to go to the Final Four. Let's that go. Game.
0: That's I'll what we it. need right here. It's, yeah.
2: it's crazy, too, because you think about it. Like, UNC is also a team people were counting out in in this postseason and then st mm-hmm. peter's also another team obviously on a bigger yeah, scale no way. Uh-huh. but unc people were thinking they were going to lose in the first round and then the second round they didn't think they would do it and both of these teams underdog mentality now are about to see each other it's kind of crazy you think
1: that game against duke completely changed their season around yeah low-key man they That's smoked right. them and that was a really good momentum for them going into march
0: so at this point who do you guys have going to the basically making it to the championship
2: well my final four i had um gonzaga in it they flopped purdue they flopped but i had kansas i think like my another one i had kansas and i think kansas is probably gonna win it all Uh, i think i'm I'm gonna bank on oche i think his presence there his all-around game is so incredible and i think right now kansas remy martin has been huge for them so i think kansas has been hot so i think i'm gonna go kansas but Duke, I ain't gonna sleep on Duke because they, the num- they have the number one pick. So you, you have go. the number one that's pick. Really you know it comes down what I'm saying?
1: To. Paolo has just been at a different level. Last night was like the worst shooting performance he had, and even still, he was dominant. I'm just looking at the. I'm looking at the the Blue Devils and just the team chemistry they have right now. The dominance they've showed these last couple of games. Don't sleep on Adrian Griffin, man. Kansas is re- that's going to be a great game.
0: I'm a, a, I'm a college game. basketball casual, so I'm just gonna go with Duke, Fair enough. <laughs> just because of Paolo safe. and, and Coach and tip, Coach bro.
1: K. It's last like there's so many storylines going yeah. into Duke winning the whole thing, yeah. and it all stems from Coach K's last season. So it's who like do you think? Like bro, you can't yeah. make it up. They've been that yeah. great, and for for him to lose his last game at home, him to come out and have yeah. that speech of bro,
2: I just I wish Roy Williams was coaching this. So for year, real, man, for real, crazy.
3: So, they both Ryan needed their separate years. That's so like, true. One go out one year, one go out the other. They had to do yeah. that.
2: Yeah. When's Jim Beheim going out? I'm, I'm waiting for that. You need it like yeah, tomorrow? It's, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for all the old heads. It's time. A buddy's bro. graduating, right? Buddy's graduating. Yeah, they're gone. Thank no, you, God. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Get them out of here. Yeah. I hate them too. I'm sorry, man. This is a bunch of shooters that just can't do anything else. Uh-huh. They're like poor
0: man's Duncan Robinsons.
1: <laughs> you hate to hear that.
0: So, Ryan, what team do you think is going to make it to the championship and face off against each other?
3: I'll take Duke for sure. A good title. Um, St. Peter's, like I said, against the like, talent, like they do well, but like them I think that's gonna be too much talent if they get there. And I'll take North I mean, I'll take Duke in the North Carolina rematch. They've also never faced in the tournament ever. Like, they've been so good wow. for so many years. It's each mind blown to me. They've never faced each other. It's like even more of a storybook writing right there.
1: Would it be Nova, um, Nova and Duke in the in the No, final I mean Duke, North Carolina in the Nova final four or Peters.
2: Kansas, which is crazy. Four like, Blue Bloods. That's that's that with game. Kansas right versus St. Peter's no Kansas sorry, versus I'm, Villanova. Nova. And then that's St. Peter's versus who if they win this game? They'll play, they play Duke. Get, I'm not going to lie. Duke is going to do it to them. Like, that's that toast. That's not a game. That's I'm not toast. playing. That game is crazy. Like, that's toast. Yeah, That's that's that's, that's the end-all be-all for them at that point. I hate to hear that.
0: One of one of the biggest questions that everybody is now asking when it pertains to the draft is, centered around Shet Holmgren because he has a very skinny frame. And Ryan, John tells me that you've talked length about Chet Holmgren and his frame, if you're worried about it in the NBA, if you're not, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think Chet is the prospect everybody's hyping up to be? Are those concerns real? What are your thoughts on that?
3: But definitely real concerns. Like, it, it's hard. You can't say it's not a concern. Like, you look at him, and I don't know exactly what he weighs, one something probably, but uh, maybe not one something, but whatever it is. I'll and he, I just get like, I get a little worked up at times. Well, you guys, you guys are on TikTok. You know how it goes. Like, people are like, uh, oh, he sucks. He's too skinny. He's bull, bull, 2.0. I'm like, yeah. I like, I want—I can't wrap my head around it. I want to like bash my head into the wall at times when I hear that stuff. But um, I think he is a generational prospect. He is so risky because of his skill set. Like, no, we don't see guys like that. He's nothing like Bull Bull. Completely different skill sets. He's closer to Evan Mobley than he is Bull Bull for sure. And am I worried a little bit? Yes, but at the same time, he has—he's shown great toughness throughout the year against guys like Jalen Duren that are super, super strong. And his length like, balances his lack of strength, I think, very, very well. He disrupts so many shots and contends sure. so many shots. He's 7'6 wingspan. Like, that's ridiculous. It's a freakish wingspan. So, I'm not too worried. He's going to be one or two on my board. It's going to be him, him and Boncaro. I still haven't decided, to be honest. I go back and forth He's
2: 190? Day, 190. I'm 168.
3: I'm, he's, like, one. He, yeah. He's,
2: like, a foot and some change taller. I was going to say,
1: if only you had, like, 14 <laughs> <laughs> inches more, man. God. In the NBA. The thing about Evan true.
0: Mobley, I know that there was a lot of concerns about Evan Mobley's uh, – frame going into the nba i never thought that was a concern um mm. but even between mobley and shett i think mobley had a better frame than shett coming out of college like yeah. it, you could you could see that mobley was going to fill out eventually yeah. and he was just young i'm not sure about shett like i think Chet is going to be a fine player he reminds me a lot of christoph's presenting it's like a, a high end yep but i don't know if that's top two, top three pick worthy. I don't think this draft is that deep. I'm not a big fan of the players in this draft. I mean,
2: when well, you look at his instincts, look at his defensive, like you look at the way he plays defense, you look at the way he blocks disrupt shots, you look at the fact that even though there are guys stronger than him that body him up, he's just going to block his shot. Facts. One time, two times, three times, four times. It's just, I guess like coming into the NBA, you know, he's he's a big, so he's going to have to see those strong type of bigs. It's just going to be a different game. But... I think when you have those type of instincts and those type of skills, sometimes you got to take the risk. You know, like you said, Porzingis—they—they they were like Porzingis wasn't as skinny, but you took the risk because his skill set. Like you, there's no way you cannot take the risk because the skill set is so superior. So if Shed doesn't get hurt, you know, you can see some big things from him, and he has a really long wingspan. I'm just, I'm like, I'm scared for him because Victor's right after him, and I think Victor's way better than. Mbappé. So, yeah, yeah, that's so a that, fact. Yeah, he's different. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the scary part for me, but I think Shed would be fine. It's just. How is he going to—he How he has to be smart enough to know, if I'm this skinny and I'm not going to fill out too much, how can I impact the game? And I think he has that smartness right now. And I think that also you look at the way that he can handle the ball at seven yeah. feet—what, seven feet two? Something
1: ridiculous like seven that. One, yeah. The way that he can handle the ball, his play style is so unique for his size, his abilities. I think that that's an advantage for him too because he's not— if he were a traditional big where he was only banging down low and he could not stretch the floor the way that he can— then his frame would be a major concern for me because there are definitely going to be players in the NBA that are more dominant, that are stronger yeah, I mean, than him, that like, can bully him down like,
2: low. Outside like Rudy Gobert, how many bigs that skinny really go down low? That's a fact.
3: He's gonna he's
1: gonna be a four. Like I'm yeah. so confident
3: he's gonna play a four. People say like, oh, how is he gonna guard Embiid and honest, Who can guard them? Like nobody can guard That's them anyway. For the first part, he's got to guard guys like John Collins and like Jaren yeah. Jackson and guys that are like four or fives also and. Like that are good, not amazing right away, and he'll get to those points where he can. He's going to have to defend Giannis because no one can better than him, obviously. But he doesn't have to hold Giannis to 15 points. Like it's going to be tough. He's going to be a four, though.
0: No. Who's your pro con for I literally
3: write. I literally wrote down Evan Mobley slash Kristaps Perzingis. If I could share my screen, I would show you all that because we talked (laughs) to both of them. But like he's who like he plays similar to Kristaps on offense, I think. he's similar to Mobley on defense. He's not. I'm not saying he's as as good as the defenders. Mobley like he won't be right away, probably, but. He like, it's hard to give a comp for a guy like that. Like, he's he's a freak.
0: And you mentioned that Shet is in your top two. You're still deciding between him and, and Boncaro. Uh, who's your top five in this draft? Your top five prospects?
3: There's definitely like Jabari was kind of one for a while and like he's fluctuated, but they're like the top three and Ivy four. Like, we'll call that top tier. Maybe Ivy's on like his own tier right behind the three, but Chet, Boncaro, um, I or Jabari Smith, Ivy. And I had AJ Griffin for a while, especially because he's only gonna be a young like 18 when he goes to the draft. but. I've I like AJ. I think he's gonna end up being like seven, eight on my board at this point. I think Durin is jumping, and I think Benedict Matherin is jumping. One of those two guys will be a five.
0: Wow, Jalen Durin, you think he's making the top five? Like you watch him, he
3: he has like a Dwight Howard-esque role in college, at least, obviously. he's gonna be 18 also. Like, he's so young. And I think kind of like Chet, like you have to trust in your in your player development and your front office a little bit for a guy like that that's so young. And we see guys like DeAndre and that went one, obviously, where I think durren is maybe just as good as a prospect, close to as Aiton was, like very, very similar roles they're going to play. And Aiton is so pivotal on their run to the finals last year. And like, you see guys have a really good role like that. And if the, you can put them in the right position, in the right system, like it works so well.
0: That's a good analysis. And because Jalen Dern, 6'11", 250 pounds, you can't teach that. I still think he needs to work on his feel of the game more. But yeah. like you said, he's young. So let's do something fun here. Uh, you mentioned the top five prospects in Boncaro, Shet, Jabari, Ivy, and Dern cracked the top five. Let's pick some teams that best fit these players and projecting them in the NBA. So starting with Jalen Duran, in my opinion, I think OKC is the best fit for him.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think OKC and I think he would be perfect for them with Gideon, SGA, a rim runner, a guy who can... Run the, run the fast break he can also be a guy who can just he doesn't need the ball a lot he doesn't need the ball to be that effective defensively they need a big they're really small so I think that would probably be like that's that's why I, uh, that's why when you asked me like do you think Duran can go five I was like it really just depends on the team that is picked up I think if OKC if outside of four even outside of three because I don't think they go Ivy they I don't, don't go it Ivy. doesn't make sense yeah. so I think if they get four five six doesn't matter they're going to pick Duran probably no matter what because that's a guy who fits them do you think the Pistons are a squad that he would fit that his play style would fit them?
1: Also, I feel like right now I understand you have Marvin Bagley who's been playing very well at that position. But regardless, you still need another big to
2: add. I don't. Th- I think if all three of those guys are off the board, they don't go big. They go guard. You think, I they-, think they
1: would take Ivy early too?
3: Yeah, I, I think because you got Caden. And, Cade Cade
2: and Sadiq Bey can play one to three for sure. So if you get Ivy, you could put Kade at the one. You could play Ivy at the two. Bay at the. Th- it doesn't really matter. So I think if. Paolo Pi- I don't know how to say first Paolo, name. Paolo <laughs> Chet or Jabari are gone Ivy they're picking Ivy no matter what Okay, or a guard Ivy Griffin Johnny Davis maybe they're, they're picking so, a guard so the I center's
1: guess. not not essential to them
2: if it's not if those Stewart three guys also. no mm-hmm. cool. yeah, if I,
3: say, I think Durin like Isaiah Stewart too. Oh, like yeah. he, he plays he plays similar like he plays strong I think like I they'd rather prefer a guy like Chet or Jabari who plays like a four to pair with the five if they were to mm-hmm. go like that route in the front court I think all like he's super young too he's 18 like goes well with Thunder the Spurs also, like, there's been a lot of rumors, about, like, DeJounte, like, going off, whatever. They drafted Josh Primo last year, who's the youngest player in the league now, mm-hmm. and they would do something similar with Jalen Duran. I think, like, chances they get in the top five, maybe probably slim. They're pushing for playing right now, but You're looking um, game if they a were half to half. get in there. Yeah. If they were to get in there and, like, trade back to four or five or something like that, whatever, in whatever situation, I would love Duran to be on the Spurs.
0: So, Jalen Duran, now, next prospect, Jaden Ivey. What is the best team fit for him? I'll start with you, Ryan.
3: I would say the Pacers probably, although I don't, I'll say the Pacers because of, first of all, he's from there and like he's his hometown kid and they need like a superstar, I think like that, trying to next to Tyrese Halliburton, but they also have still have Duarte, Buddy Heal, but they could run a small ball and play three of those guys and have four or five really good guards. Um, so I'll say the Pist, uh, Pistons, sorry, Pacers.
0: That's interesting. And you, Riv? I'll probably go Detroit.
2: You know, I think for, first of all, for Detroit, whew. How quickly they'll be back in if they can just yeah. up, upstart that rebuild process. And then for Ivy to bring in another ball handler, somebody else that can go get a bucket alongside Cade. And you've seen lately Bay developing into his own as a scorer and a defender. I think Ivy would be perfect right in that role. You get three guys who are solid defenders. So I think, I think Detroit would be my guy.
1: I feel like the Rockets really do need a true point guard. I like KPJ's oh game, but he's not man. a true oh point guard. God. He's not. Let's be real. Now <laughs> was
2: Ivy. Ivy isn't a point guard. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's not. But
1: you still—if you're the Rockets, you still need someone to really take that <laughs> rank. So you're
2: gonna play Green. You're gonna play Green and I Ivy. Two, yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> you need. To, oh, listen, no. scoring just, is something that the you Rockets. Just have, you just
2: want buckets. What's wrong with that?
1: Especially yeah, in wrong. this NBA, yeah. right?
0: I, I was actually looking at Tankathon and. Really, yeah, Ivy doesn't fit with a lot of these teams. I don't think he fits in Orlando or Houston. No, you can't okay, go to Orlando. OKC, okay, unless it, they get rid of Dort. But is it is it
2: wrong to say if Ivy is... Orlando has the pick and Ivy is there. Detroit is the perfect fit. I no, think. but I'm saying if yeah. Orlando has the pick and Ivy's there, they don't just say, we think Ivy can be better We are, and just move off of the two guards.
0: <laughs> At no. what pick? At
2: what Like if it's four, then maybe. Yeah, what I'm saying. If Orlando has oh, yeah. four... They already have. You said they have Wendell. You just told me he's going to be this, that, and the third. You
0: think they move off of Suggs that early? No, Suggs is going to be the one. This is why you they move off Cole for Ivy. Oh, Cole can go. I don't know. Cole can go. I I (sighs) feel like the Magic can't draft another guard. If they do, they can't draft another.
1: But they can't draft another (laughs) forward either.
0: That would be embarrassing if they draft another guard. I don't know. They I, can drop another forward if it's Paolo.
1: I was gonna say if it's Paolo hundred percent you can go that way. Or Shat is so
2: uh, they I feel like you. they're log jammed everywhere, bro. I really do feel like that it's bro. It's cause
0: they don't have any player that you could like bank on being a star for sure. And that's yeah. what that's, that's that's what's hurting Orlando.
2: I'd like Indiana I put if they're like put Indiana, money on Indiana. Indiana though I like yeah. Indiana if they trade Brogdon.
1: That's the thing. Brogdon and Tyrese Halliburton both being there is what's going I think Halliburton Ivy is
2: dope. But I think Halliburton, Ivy, and Brogdon, ah, I mean, I would like it, but I wouldn't love it. I like, I feel like Halliburton, even Sacramento, Fox and Ivy. No. They
3: they can't, just, they, no, no way they could draft four guards. No. I swear bro, they I can't for the guard on No <laughs> way. And I, and Fox they had to the trade Halliburton because of that. That's a great, but, that's,
2: but the thing is, Ivy isn't a Halliburton. That's a real two guard. You know what I'm saying? That's somebody who's like he doesn't like he's not a Halle He's a real two guard. So I think And then the Davion pick also the last one. Yeah, year no, was that like pick ridiculous. is kinda yeah, that pick they
1: need is. a defense. I understand it from I that mean, you sense. Need but defense, you're right. They had so many, guard,
0: too many I, I, next, guards Next next prospect, Jabari Smith Jr. <laughs> I don't even know. Um the teams to pick from, I'll just talk about the top top five because you know he's gonna be a top three pick. Orlando, Houston, Detroit, OKC, Indiana.
2: I would go Detroit, OKC, probably Houston would be the three teams.
0: I think Houston's one.
2: No, I didn't put it in order. Oh. I was just saying those yeah. are three. I think or, uh, uh, OKC doesn't have a four or five that's really bankable. Jabari Smith fits in right there. Detroit also bagleys he's been good, but I think you can kind of— He's replacement. Yeah, you still pick Smith at that, that pick. In Houston, obviously, they don't Indiana have a Indiana doesn't answer floor.
1: the conversation at all, especially with— Oh, I'm with sorry. Conver- in, yeah, Indiana say, is also another team. Especially but. with Miles Turner being on the trade block, that'd just be another avenue to, to I mean, you push can keep him from. at this you point. C- you definitely could, but—
0: You don't think Jalen Smith is similar? Sticks. <laughs> 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 the king.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like you'd just take the the potential in Jabari at that point, though. I understand what you're saying, but Jalen, it's he's expendable. Yes, like you just got him; he's been playing really serviceable for you.
0: Jabari Smith is a tough player for me to evaluate. Me too. Like all all these top three guys are pretty tough for me to evaluate. I I think Jabari Smith. I mean, he's a stretch for to me. He reminds me offensively, at least, of like Jaron Jackson, and he's gonna yeah occupy like a similar role to him. Yeah. I don't know if that. I don't know. He's so slow.
3: It's I, I he though, like you watch him, he strides on. He looks like Giannis when he goes coast to coast half yeah, time. Yeah, like, like so, I don't freak. like
2: him. I, I never had him at number one. Like for me, he was never in my eyes the number one pick. But I do think like in the right situation, he could have that similar impact. But it's just a weird like it was a lot of eyes on him. He did carry Auburn, so I guess the hype mm. kept trending, trending upward. But there's a lot of holes in his game. I think more than the other two in front of him or below yep. him, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, he like athletically, he's. I think he's exceptional. And he's a really good outside shooter. His percentages are good, but he shoots so many like off balance shots, but he's so good at them. That's yeah. why like I see the Jaron Jackson thing. So it makes so much sense. But like, I've come to realization that like that is not as confirmed sustainable as like Chet's potential and Boncaros is like, is the lo- lowest floor for or highest floor. Excuse me, for sure. Yeah. yeah um, so, like, I, agree. I, I agree with that.
0: So I, I think for me, Jabari Smith, at least the best fit wise is uh, I see Houston a lot. Which and I think sense. he's a perfect like Christian Wood replacement as well. If like they, for, end up, they end up moving off of him. For the
1: rest of the players, we're going to say Houston's going to be a, a huge spot because they need big depth. They so need talent there.
0: Second, let's start with Paulo Bonquero. For me, I think Anywhere. Detroit. I, I, I would love him in Detroit.
1: I like Orlando also. I understand they have a yeah. lot of big depth, but you pair that with... The, the guards that they have, he could possibly elevate their play. You're not relying so much on Jalen Suggs to facilitate that offense. Or excuse me, you're not relying on Jalen Suggs to be as prolific in that offense. And, and Paolo's going to open up the court for him a little
2: I'm bit. I'm going to say this. Any of those five teams. Facts. He, Facts. It's his skill set, it's he's he's a big man and he's probably the most skilled player in his draft. You'd play him at the four? I would play him at the four. you can play him at the three. I'll play him at the five. Would you have five. him on
1: the Pistons? If he goes to the, with Cade, him and Cade, oh. bro, that'd be nuts. I can't even imagine. I don't
3: think, like, I don't love the Pistons fit. I really don't. I, he, he, his playmaking, you guys said it before, like, facilitating has been so good, especially recently. For sure. He almost has, like, don't, I don't want people to react this, like, a LeBron impact esque impact on, like, at the forward position of what he does for his team. And, like, him and Cade are both, he's going to be ball dominant. Like, I think he could be a superstar and ball dominant wise. And I don't, like, Cade is, Cade plays like Luca. Like, Cade is very similar, takes up a lot of usage. Like, would they, actually pair well together. Like I feel like the Pistons wouldn't take Boncario at one or two.
0: Mm. Mm, that's interesting. I don't know. I feel
2: like that duo could be the scariest duo years to come if it works yeah. out.
0: I feel like that duo reminds me of Tatum and Brown. And for the Pistons, really? it's marketable yeah. too.
1: You, the, the Pistons, who have been a, a franchise yeah. that struggled with bringing fans in, you have two of the more exciting young players in the NBA with
2: Paolo and Cade that sells tickets. I mean, the reason why I wouldn't like the reason why I I think it's okay because Cade can play off ball. Like he, he, even though we want him with the ball at all times, we want him. Obviously, we want, but he. What else is their option? Yeah, he. But he also will play off ball if need to. He can play off ball. So if uh, Paolo, uh, Paolo, thank you. If Paolo does get opportunities, Cade is fine being that secondary option. But I think no. that dynamic of them too, because they like, Paula's skill set is so ridiculous. That dynamic could be like crazy because now you done got your one, you done got your three and your four for the future, you know, in, in Cade Bay and Boncara. So I, I would like Detroit for them. I think Detroit, That's that should be the guy for them.
0: My dark horse pick is Portland. Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: If they like sneak up in the lottery saying yeah.
0: Yeah. do they have two picks? They have, they're right now, they're projected to have the uh, seventh overall pick. And right now the pick that is from the Pelicans would go to them, which is projected to be ninth right now.
2: Okay. Portland could be.
0: If okay. they move up in the lottery, I was say they I think, take
1: those two picks and try and move up. I also. think
0: Paolo probably with, with Dame, because yeah. I think they're gonna keep Dame. I don't feel like they're trading him. So with Dame, Simons, and team they have, Bonkere. Bu- they need, to, they need to get useful,
2: yep. in my opinion. I think they I think they'll probably pick Adrian Griffin.
0: And they get
3: in the top four? They get, no, really, no, they no, get no, no. Because they got okay, two
2: picks. I'm talking about like eight or nine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah they, they, they 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 are. I I think Griffin has top four potential, but I don't think he'll get picked top four. Like I don't I don't think I think he'll kind of be like the Kaminga this draft, kinda of like his ceiling is yeah. so ridiculously high, but he's not gonna get picked where his ceiling is, it's what he is right now.
0: And now the number one, Shet Holmgren, what's the best team fit for him? Ryan, what do you think?
3: I think for me it's between the Pistons and the Magic. For sure. I think the magic makes a lot of sense. We talked about like how they don't have a guy at four or five or like that's our dude. And I think him and Suggs being high school teammates is under is like it's a little thing, but they were literally like the duo for a yep. couple of years and like they did everything together. They're from the same place. Like it makes a lot, a lot of sense when you get a guy, they have so much youth and so much talent on that roster. Like the magic could be good. And similar on the Pistons, I think the Pistons could be will be good faster than the Magic, especially with a guy like Chet. Who like lives off ball and offense? You can fit him into so many different systems as long as you have a spot at the four or five. But you have to play next to like a good, really good, like strong player, like Isaiah Stewart. I think is a good example of that.
0: Yeah, that's good. I and think Detroit.
2: Worked? I think definitely with Isaiah Stewart or uh, Isaiah Stewart down low, he can play the four. Even having Cade, having Bay or Orlando, of course, because like you said, Suggs and Shet in high school are dominating like religiously, Minahana, I I think that's what their name was in high school. Mm, And even in AAU, they they played together sometimes too. So I think they've been teammates for a while. Bringing that connection back is great. In Orlando, they have a guy at the five that they're comfortable with in Wendell. And then with him, you got him, it Jonathan force, Isaac. It doesn't force yeah, it Chet doesn't, to play the center doesn't. position and either. They, that defensively, that could be a crazy trio. Isaac yeah, and Chet, oh my if God. Isaac finally plays, you know, Wagner is almost going to have more Imagine points than him. A
0: starting lineup of, of Suggs. I don't know who's the two, but whatever. Wagner. Um, you you would put Wagner at a two. I don't. I, I don't. I don't hate That's that. A crazy He's big, but lineup. he can play the two. Suggs, Franz, yeah. Isaac. Chet and Wendell. Def- offensively,
2: got some work to do. But defensively, defensively. That's a crazy yeah, defensive like that's,
0: line. That's, I, I actually love the Orlando. They could field. put out the death lineup perfect. if they
2: got to lock somebody down. I like that a lot. And then maybe Cole
1: Anthony is the sixth man too. because I, I feel that. like that's his best role. Yeah, Cole definitely. Anthony, he can't be a
2: starter in my opinion. I, I agree with you. I think. So Ryan, yeah. uh, quick question for me. Who who, like, was your three? Like, I know the, the March Madness has been a lot. It's been hard to keep track, of course. But I'm sure you do it because you love it. Who's who's going to be your three sleeper picks if you had to pick three in this March Madness? Like guys who have, I want to say, have upped their stock or guys who people mm. don't, you know, pay too much attention to but can make an immediate impact coming to NBA?
3: Yeah, I feel like there's always guys that like will jump into like the mid or early second round from like being like kind of off radars that are like usually older, experienced guys. Um, Like Jalen Williams in Arkansas, I think he's done a great job, like really high motor. I think he'll he's worth like a second round pick pretty early. I think jumping into like first and like kind of higher guys, Mark Williams has been, Ridiculous. That's a he, fact. Like he's been good all year, but he's been great. And like without him, they might not have gotten to the final four, Duke. They might not have gotten past the second round against yeah. Michigan State. Uh, I think he's been awesome. He has got elite athleticism and like high motor work rate. I think Kennedy Chandler only played twice, but the game against Michigan, I saw so much I love from him. And like I had him sneaking into like thirty almost going into the tournament, and I saw literally one game and like there's just realizations when you watch guys like that. And I'm like he was really good. I, I could see him like running an NBA offense in the future. Kind of like Trey does, but like because they're both small, quick guards, maybe not as good. Obviously, it's hard to be like like that. Um, and then Benedict Matherin is the last one on Arizona. Like he just absolutely I've skyrocketed. So, yo,
2: I've been so high on Benedict Matherin for so yeah. long. Like he's just. I don't even want to. Uh, He's you know, a freak,
3: right. Dude, he is a freak. He's an NBA wing. You watch him like that's an NBA yeah, yeah. athlete. It's a freak.
2: That is that. Is that. I, I don't even want to fan th- start fantasizing. <laughs> you know, like, I just
3: no, I, I said I would do illegal things for the Hawks to be able to get him somehow. Illegal things. Yeah. Like,
0: so you're an Atlanta Hawks fan. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I see y'all. I have seen some of the Nick stuff before. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. So who would you go? Like if you,
2: if you had a top pick, who would you who would you go? So, for the Hawks. Yeah. Like one, two, or three you're saying? No, I was uh let's say you go like seven or eight, nine. Uh dependent if like
3: whoever I wanted to be there, Matherin makes so much sense. I don't know if he'd be there that late. Otherwise, I'd say seven, eight, nine might be early, but either Jeremy Sohan or Tari Eason, like they play like Draymond, Scotty Barnes roles in their own ways. I think Tyre is more like DeAndre Hunter kind of, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Sohan, I love like he is literally like Scotty Barnes and Draymond. I think we need a guy like that, especially defensively, because like we struggle so much. And we need a guy that's just gonna impact winning and nothing else. Like that's all I care about. So Sohan would be the guy there.
2: So like you're looking for like win now guys, like guys who just impact winning.
3: Yeah, like the roster's good. Like, even though with the with a slump from last year, even if we get ninth or tenth and lose in the play like, it's still a team that you can be like that can be a top five, six team in the East next year and like win a play another playoff series. So I would say keep pushing to win as fast as you can with this team. Yeah.
0: Is Nate McMillan fired for you? <sighs> oh
3: God. Probably. Um <laughs> if we lo- if we don't win a play game, then probably, yeah.
0: It's okay, like see. So who he had
3: a one good run that gave him the job. And like, that's a short amount of time. So you're going to be on a short leash because of that. I feel like
1: you think so. I feel like he came in immediately last season. Culture changed. You guys just started to, to really play better basketball. You had a great playoff run to have a, a disappointing season this season, for sure. You're going to move off after one season. If we lose a play in, like I don't, I go back
3: and forth. Cause like the culture is decent, but like, in game, he's he's been miserable. The rotations he runs half the time is awful, especially Fair. defensively. Like it is so painful to watch. Like what does his team talk about and work on and study? Like it's clearly <laughs> not what, what we need to to win games. Like they, it's just it pisses me off. So but, like the defensive personnel,
1: the defensive personnel as a whole for you guys is already sketchy. You have to rely on offense to win you majority of your games. So to a degree, I understand of being upset and, and your adjustments aren't there, but. If the personnel's not there as a whole, how much blame can we really put on McMillan?
3: Right, but he like he'll run like I'm just throwing examples, trying to remember things. Like he'll take DeAndre Hunter and Capella out at the same time. Yeah, that makes how, no how sense. How in the world Fair are enough. we gonna gonna play defense? Like how is that gonna happen? And he'll leave them, he'll leave them, and he'll leave Bogey and Herter and Trey all at the same time for minutes and minutes. And like just call a timeout or anything, please. Mm-hmm. It's
2: so frustrating. Yeah, that defensively, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's although rough.
0: although you're yeah. a Hawks fan, I I have some sympathy for you because I I know that you're a Jets fan, and I'm a Jets fan.
3: Yeah, shit's, I
0: mean, yeah, I just, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going like, to have a big time year. Zach, big time year too. hundred percent. Zach's a, Zach's a
3: baller, man. Like yeah. I don't do like football film and some of that, like I do basketball, but I watch enough to know, like understand about Zach and see his game. Like I went to every single game this year. Like he is going to be in this league for a long time and wait, just wait till we get AJ Brown and we're good.
0: You must've been so excited when you saw, when you were there for the Tennessee game
3: that was awesome that was one of the best Jets games I've ever been to that was crazy that was the and one, one we game I
0: didn't go to oh my season. what a <laughs> oh boldy, my gosh boldy. bro I was so mad Yeah, I was at home like celebrating though. of course <laughs> losing my although mind although the Bengals
3: game looking back on it now the yeah. Bengals game
0: was like just as good if Isn't not is that better. another
1: game you didn't go
3: to
0: because Mike White was playing <laughs> I was like I'm not going to go to a Mike White game <laughs>
1: I actually went to the game, uh, the Dolphins versus the Jets, where um, Joe Flacco was your quarterback. And that was a decent game until the fourth quarter.
2: I worked at the, um, the Bills and the uh, Jets game, opening game. Tough. with The, the Jets... Choked in the second half. Facts yes. Talking about 2019. Yeah, uh-huh. Josh Allen was pitiful. I was like, this guy ass. Like I was watching the like He tried like, because I, I was on the field working. I'm like, I'm watching, and I'm like, dude, this guy sucks. Like it's just like, when you see things differently, like when you're there, uh-huh. you really start to think like, now nah, he really might be garbage. Like and the numbers three, ain't really, say, now yeah, the numbers ain't later, really
1: telling me. Three years later, now we're talking about one of the best. Yeah, no, he, yeah. he, he QBs in the league. He, development is crazy.
2: Development is because he was garbage that day.
1: Like,
0: right was, now, the um, who did you say was going to ask for a tra- Right, you said Debo, right? Debo Samuel. Yeah, Debo no, not that?
1: he's not asking. It, it's potential that he's going to want a lot of money, and Niners are are in talks of potentially trading him. It's
3: I feel like to yeah. play somewhere else. The, the
0: Jets, Jets are guy. in the market for every single big time wide receiver right now, and especially Ryan, with
2: Lafleur as your play caller, that's yeah, exciting. That's I, I got I just central. one more college question. I'm sorry, I was fantasizing. Um, Villanova, Kansas, two guys that I like on opposite teams. You know these guys. I make them in 2K all the time. I draft them all the time, and I just edit them and whatnot. Oche, Abbaja, I don't know how to say his name. You know who I'm talking about, though. You got it. You got yeah. it, right? you got Okay, and then Colin Gillespie. Do you think these are two guys that are going to get drafted or that can make an immediate impact? Because I know Gillespie, he's yeah. a little older. Gillespie. Thank you. I appreciate you. I know Gillespie, <laughs> he's a little older, but I feel like he can have, like, what. Impact Davion Mitchell was supposed to have in terms because I feel like he can run an offense, to be able to space the floor, and defensively he's really solid. He doesn't push the pace. He's kind of like Peyton Pritchard, but a little bit older, a little bit more yeah. wiser. So, you, do you think these are two guys that can get drafted in the? Because I know this draft isn't yeah. you know strong like that, but maybe in the late first.
3: Ocha is like like uh, to me, I've a uh, style storyline rise like that's Chris Duarte, same exact kind of thing, and he's gonna like he's gonna be a top fifteen pick, probably top twenty because the team. That teams that draft, like the Hawks are a good example, actually. Teams that are like decent that fall into like the late lottery, maybe, or like 10 to like 20. Those, there's a lot of good teams. The Warriors had two picks in the top 14 last year, like, and they need in got win now, guys. Like, that's a guy that gets you buckets right away, plays both ends of the floor, like, really good impact, just like Duarte had, especially in the first like two months. He's fallen off a little bit, but, um, I think he'll get drafted high. And then Gillespie, Gillespie's tough. He's older. I think Oche is like 23. Gillespie's probably like 23, 24 soon. Um, he, I don't know. It's tough because like Villanova, look at the guys they produced though. All upperclassmen, all really experienced. I love like the Brogdon model is what I call it. Cause Malcolm yeah. Brogdon, like the experienced college guard that like no one, everyone overlooks. Uh, Jalen Brunson was the same exact way. Devin Chenzo is a little more athletic, but Kyle Lowry years ago from Villanova. So like, could they produce a guy like that? It's probably worth a second round pick. Like why not? But it won't go like too high.
0: Yeah. Do you think that Colin Gillespie is more um, Jalen Brunson or Ryan Arkinado? Archie Diakno? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, in college, Archie Diacono, because he's just like he's more of a winner than just a good player. Like Brunson was national player of the year when <laughs> he was in college, when they won that national title. Um in the NBA, I don't think I don't think he'll be as good as Brunson. I don't I think he'll he'd be better than Archie Diacono. It's not hard to say, but I think he'll be better than him.
2: And one more question. This is a Jersey question. Do you think okay. Javon Quinnelly is going to get drafted? In the first or the second? Where do you, where do you think he fits in the NBA?
3: If he goes, he'll be second. But like he's like him, the whole entire Alabama roster, I feel like it's just guys that you can just throw into a second or third rotation in the NBA and they'll, they'll be fine. They'll score, especially him. Um, he'll be a second round pick if, if at all, though he won't go first. Um, but it's that, those are tough guys. Even like Jaden Shackleford and even JD Davidson, like he'll probably stay another year, but yeah, like, those probably, are like, they're hard stay. to figure out. And like, where do you place them? And it reminds me of like Trey, man, kind of the thunder where you kind of just put him in the second rotation and let him cook a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Those are all good. We want to thank you for taking the time out to be on the show that was Ryan Hammer on the Picky Podcast. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. I
3: appreciate y'all, of course, and I can't wait to uh, hear some more of these hot Jets takes. MVP years, you know. <laughs> to say? say that's this all guy season. over here. You uh, said that. Is, all like, MVP. Nah, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm just that's that. It's coming. Well, soon, Well, let me though. get AJ. When we get
0: AJ Brown, it's the wrap. It's when we get AJ, it's Zach Wilson. You know,
1: it's funny. I thought I thought you weirdly. Player of the Year, Zach Wilson, kind of sounded like Tua Tungavailoa. You are a Denver. I, fan. Hell no. <laughs> Can you Talk
2: about Tua more than Russell
0: Wilson. Tua is so. Well, average. it's just
1: they're in the division, so that's why we have Tua to talk about Tua it. is so average. Listen, the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Simple as that. You think so? Yeah. Stinky, Lock it in. That's a
2: stinky take. Whatever. <laughs> so whatever.
0: Care. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we want to thank you again, Ryan. Thanks for being on the show.
3: Yes, sir, man. I appreciate y'all. Have a good one, right? All
1: right, man.
0: We're back with this week. In the NBA, so I'll start off first with this week in the NBA. So Kyrie Irving, now the vaccine mandate has been lifted. He can now play home games, without, which I think is huge for the Nets going forward, especially in the playoffs. He said he's been pinching himself to play home games. But my this week in the NBA that directly correlates to Kyrie Irving is that he wants to re-sign with the Brooklyn Nets. And I know that we've heard this before when he was in Boston, but I think he's serious this time. And I think he's going to re-sign with the Brooklyn Nets. And you look about what he said, I think, just shows that he's going to re-sign. It has always been about being comfortable, loving where I'm at, and I love it here. Once that summertime hits, I know we'll have some conversations, but there's no way I can leave my man number seven anywhere. He, Talking about didn't you tell Boston
2: I'm never leaving you guys? If you
1: guys will have me. <laughs>
2: I'll be back. Yeah.
0: The difference is that I think Kyrie is really close to Kevin Durant. And because of that, I think he will not this leave Kevin Durant. This stabbing
1: in the heart.
0: He won't do that to KD. He also said, and as we build, as you see me playing with some guys I've had some relationships with in the past, and this is the recipe for success, when you have guys that you've known for a while, young guys that are willing to listen, and then a front office that's willing to do what's necessary in order to build this thing for the long run. So that's the mindset. That's where I'm at. I think the Nets, even this year without Simmons, can be scary. The Nets have said they are planning on him playing, but I think next year with Kyrie playing home games, KD, Simmons being, you know, back to who he is, I think. The Nets can be one of the best teams in the East, and I, I don't think Kyrie is leaving. He's going to resign and remain a Brooklyn Net.
2: I hope he does because it makes the league fun. You know, it keeps teams competitive, and that would mean the East has like eight or nine really, really good teams. And what's a
1: better situation than what he has in Brooklyn right now? He's playing with his guys. Exactly. So, you know, shout,
2: shout out! I hope he does. I really do hope we like he's truthful and he, you know, he stays. For me, NBA. <sighs> I got sent this video and I just couldn't breathe. Like, it it was just like, it was just like, (laughs) honest to God, I felt good about myself. Paul George is shooting. He's participated in 505. And that's why I said I was losing and fantasizing (laughs) because my boy is back and it's in perfect tune because the Clippers have been struggling a little bit. And even if he doesn't come back this season, I'm glad he's back to being healthy, shooting again because this team is the favorites next year to win the title and if not the favorites next year to win the title they're Strong top three contenders yeah i think Kawhi fully back next year paul george fully healthy norman powell For fully sure. healthy reggie jackson zubak batum we got Talu it's gonna be like i said it's gonna be a scary fantasy Fire but i'm just, just listen i'm just glad paul george is back to playing practicing nice. i even post reposted him yesterday because he was like i'm back baby and i'm glad so shout out to paul george I'm happy for you, bro. All right,
1: my this week in the NBA, LeBron James officially becomes the number two scorer in NBA history. Yeah, now, some yeah, give him an applause, man. That man deserves it. Shout out to you. You've been a true inspiration to the world. God bless you. I'm very, I'm very happy for you. Now, you think he's more important than Martin Luther King? No. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Of course <laughs> not. Um, I just thought you would say yeah. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Um, I'm a little bit more smarter than that, but. Now, some comments came out from Draymond Green that if <laughs> LeBron were to pass or have the chance to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the day that the Warriors happened to be playing, Draymond Green said that he would sit out that game and go watch LeBron funny pass he's Kareem.
2: saying that after having two points against Orlando.
1: Yeah, that's rough. After he violated them when it's he really played funny. Like Absolute Do. Guy needs to worry about other things. So regardless of that fact, do you guys or what are your guys' thoughts on him saying that he would miss his own game And go to LeBron's. For me personally, before you guys give your input, I understand it. It's history. This is something that we will not see for decades, possibly two decades. This is something that we really need to marvel at. We really need to take in and and really not take for granted. And this is someone in a position where he has that luxury of sitting in any NBA game. And being very close friends with LeBron James on top of that, I respect this. I can acknowledge the fact that, yes... You're putting your own team's success in the back burner, but at the same time, this is something that we may never see in our lifetimes ever again.
2: I think that's ridiculous. I think that's insane. And I think like I would understand it more. Let me let me let me add context. I don't want to just say like you're being dumb because you're not being dumb. I think (laughs) if this was October, November, December, I would understand it. But I think being as if it's it's getting to that time. You, you, LeBron's not passing cream Abdul Jabbar no, no, no. for a minute. That's what you No, I'm talking about playoffs. It's getting to that time. The, the playoffs is right ah. here. It's getting to that time. You just got back. You've been struggling. Steph is out. There's some games that you need to win. The chemistry has to get better. You guys haven't been playing good. I think if the situation was, they were kind of like okay in a good position. Like oh, like this was like maybe early in the year, but now it's like like. Right now, competitive basketball, you have to start winning a little bit more. You have to start gearing up for that playoff time. I think the timing is what makes it ridiculous in my mind. Not what he's doing, but just the timing. It's not Right now is not the time. I get it, LeBron, greatness. Yes, of course, we should all celebrate that. But I think the timing is like, boom, it's about to be playoff time, bro. We got to lock in. He's not your friend right now because it's playoff time. I know what you're saying. That's
1: a different perspective that I didn't think about. That's fair.
0: I think the time, I think the comment came out of nowhere I don't. I don't really care. If <laughs> Draymond, I mean, he I just passed. Come I, I don't along. think. I don't think. I really don't care if Draymond goes to see LeBron and supports him, especially if it's a regular season game. Max. It might be a meaningless game for the Warriors, and why not go support LeBron James? You know, I think it's fine if he does that. I really don't really care. But I think Draymond Green, ever since he started podcasting, it feels like his play his production has dipped. Oh, well.
1: Hasn't, hasn't he been podcasting all season?
0: I don't think also. I think it's, it, it started bigger, like in the middle. It got of the bigger
1: season. when he got hurt. So now the podcast is bigger than basketball because he now? actually got a. You
0: notice that Duncan Robinson also hasn't been his best, and he got a. Draymond got too.
2: a deal with I think TNT or something like that. Why he was hurt, like to be on that, so he he got a, like another deal, a sports deal. So,
1: Interesting. What is it about streaming and and podcast? He's really that good at decreases it. Decreases your level of play outside of Carlin? No, working towns. out. You
2: while you in there. Filming and shit, you should be on that gym. Ben
1: Simmons
0: and I feel Davis. like some. Pl- I, I, I was watching a Draymond Green podcast with Joel Embiid, and I know that mainstream media can be very annoying, especially with the narratives they spew. Facts. And I guess you know the player from the player's perspective, they feel like sometimes they try to attack their characters. make tension. Facts. They got they create tension towards players. But what I found odd about Draymond Green's podcast with Embiid is that when they were talking about Simmons and. Draymond's like this to Embiid, you know, I, you know, I hate when the media tries to stir up some controversy. And then he's like, well, Joel Embiid, you know, do you think that, uh, <laughs> do you think that Benson is left? Cause, uh, what happened with him? Like, you know, why are you guys clashing? Basically asking him, he tried to ask Embiid a question and he was like, oh, you know, this is for my own personal reasons. I want to and I'm but, like, bro, like you ask, you try to stir up controversy right there. How are you going to talk about if, the media I feel like, but, doing it when you're doing it right nah, now? If, I, if it was in his yeah,
2: personal, he would have asked in private. But, and that's fair.
1: I understand exactly what you're saying, but I feel like it's not a secret that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons
2: have issues. But Embiid said they don't. Really? Yeah, yeah he, and being said
0: on but, the podcast, they don't have issues. That's pretty He has no problem. But well, he even, said
2: from his side, he has no problems with uh, Ben Sims. No issues I nothing. feel like that's a BS thing. But,
0: but Draymond Green, what I was alluding to was that he literally was like, oh, I hate the media because they do this. And then he does it like a minute later. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's <laughs> hypocritical. No, I agree. I guess it's about who is it coming from and not the, the actual message nowadays. Yeah, because
2: right? since it's coming from a ball player, it's more respectable than a media guy. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Did you guys see Powell Gasol's interview with JJ Redick?
2: I did not. I actually
0: saw it. Yeah, it was really good. I love Pau Gasol. Oh, absolutely. Uh, He's one of my favorite players. He's a really good guy. So I was watching game six of the 2013 finals yesterday at like two in the morning. And a thought came into my head. I was with a friend and I asked him this exact exact same question as well. The, the, The original Miami Heat big three was supposed to be LeBron, D. Wade, and Carmelo Anthony. Do you think the Heat win championships with Carmelo? because I don't think they beat the Spurs any year with Carmelo Anthony the defense Chris Bosch played I think they still okay played, I, th- I, I agree the defense Chris Bosch played on Tim Duncan he was great him as a rebounder great he just fit with them better Carmelo Anthony would have got exposed defensively offensively it would have been a tougher shots. fit yeah. I don't feel like they win championships or have a bunch of success with Carmelo
1: it would have been year three Together, so maybe they would have been able to adjust their roles accordingly. I don't
2: think they have no answer for Spurs though. I, that's fair. The Spurs were a great. But I do together. think they beat OKC still. I, do you think they beat Dallas now with Melo and D Wade? That's the difference because because D Wade was He was phenomenal. unbelievable.
0: You couldn't guard Dirk and Car- Melo's yes, not guarding Dirk.
1: Well, I, I didn't put LeBron him. I Dirk, thought he was that versatile Dirk, demon. Dirk didn't. Um, excuse me, uh, Chris Bosh wasn't covering Dirk and doing anything great. <laughs> in that I know, sense but Carmelo either.
0: wouldn't have been better.
1: Fair.
2: Yeah, so I think they I get think one. They, I think they. And only. Yes, beat, I'm ignoring that, that. They LeBron. only beat
0: OKC. I yeah. think they lose every other finals.
2: But it would be. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be five games though.
0: Chris Chris
1: Bosh was huge for them in that first Spurs series. Hundred percent. He was huge right. in
2: general. You know, being able to take the backseat, be the third guy, be it comfortably, developing a better jump shot, and being a better defender at that time. People really sleep on Bosh as his third option. He wasn't like K Love. Like K Love, kind of like got. He just got bad, but Bosh was always great defensively with them. He was always a great rim protector with them. So uh, Bosh mm. importance for them. Melo isn't a third guy. He doesn't have the mentality of a third guy. He doesn't have the the humbleness of a third guy. The self, like he's just not that type of person. Do you
1: think he would have been? Yes, he would have been the he third best the guy. Yes, but in the sense of scoring wise, LeBron so passed. He was still that dude. In 2011, in 2012, but 2013—that's when we really saw Wade. Maybe Melo would have
0: got into that second role after D Wade was. Diminished there's a There's a,
1: a world where Melo could have been the leading scorer on the Heat.
0: No, there's not.
1: Yes, there is. No, no, no,
2: no, not. See, this with D Wade and Bosh, they were able to play off ball and all yeah. ball. When, when, Melo can't really play off ball at that time. He couldn't. Fair enough. So, so it's Fair like, enough. that's why D-Wade and Bosch were comfortable because they're like, we could play off ball. That's a
1: great point. You're 100% right because Melo was at his best when he got the ball in the post and was able to do what yeah, he Mello to it. Yeah, Melo had a chance
0: right
2: I that year. Watching, he was supposed to come play with us. I was, watch,
0: I was watching that game like, man, <laughs> LeBron really choked down the stretch uh, and the Spurs should have won the championship.
1: Yeah, and they choked.
0: Yeah, they did. Do and we, it's just Ginobili missed the free, free throws and cost. And Kawhi. Kawhi and Ginobili missed the free
1: throws. Kawhi's Duncan, knees were clacking as T- he shooted the free Tim Duncan wins
2: that ring. How do we look at him differently? Six rings, bro. What, four? Do you think he would have won finals Do you think there? people are looking at him nah,
1: better tp. than... TP. TP, right? TP. Do, do you think people are looking at
2: him better than Larry Bird?
1: 6-0 in the finals. Yo, he has 6,
2: but he doesn't have all the finals MVPs. I think Bird was more dominant in his short stretch.
1: People barely it, look it was at his dominance, Duncan's. but we're talking like a, like
0: the longevity Tim Duncan. I don't even yeah. know people's so
2: longevity. Tim Duncan don't people don't respect Tim Duncan's longevity. Regardless, which is disgusting. So it's like uh, it's because
0: Duncan never had flashy numbers he never he never he had, wasn't a flashy he never player. he never had seasons where he was averaging like 28 and 13. No, yeah. I, know I what think he's always been like a, been like a, a 20 21 era. he's always been like 21 and 13 22 and 12 like you he's, he's talk never about impact winning yeah that's but he's never had seasons where he's career. been like 20 I think that's 13, more because his system
2: though for, I agree I there's been finals where he's putting up 25 12 14 and like eight blocks he had that ability to do so if he needed to yeah he was great I think that
1: you could have that conversation, Larry Bird and him, if he goes 6-0. and
2: I think you mm. could still have it now, honestly. Ooh. I would pick Bird over, yeah, but yeah, 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 the career Tim Duncan has is crazy. Like, you could still have that conversation. I know what you mean.
0: So on to the next topic. It's about the New York Knicks. Oh, God. Uh, Tom Thibodeau right now is uh, getting a lot of backlash from Knicks fans, and I think this is a trendy topic amongst Knicks Twitter and so Thibodeau called out the social media critics and was like, "Oh wow, you guys are trying to nitpick this, nitpick, <laughs> nitpick that. You need every everyone across the course of a season." And Thibodeau sources have said that he's been offended by claims that he mistreated Kemba Walker this season. Tim, Tim Tom Thibodeau has came out and he's you know basically clapped back at Nick's Twitter. Nick's Twitter doesn't like him. I follow some people that are in that are active in Nick's Twitter, and every other day I see spaces. On, on Twitter about Thibodeau needs to be fired. People tweeting, I can't wait until Thibodeau gets fired. The notification is <laughs> going to hit different. So what do you guys think about this? And Rev, you, Thibodeau coach your team, won coach of the year for the Chicago Bulls. So I want to know your thoughts first, and I'll go because I'm a Knicks fan, and I feel like yeah, no, he was actually important po- give for my us. input. He was okay.
2: actually important when he played. Uh, when so he so do you think
0: us. the Knicks should fire Tom Thibodeau?
2: <sighs> That's like a – I'm, I'm going to give my take. You know, I ain't going to play the – defense thing i'm gonna give my take but i think that's a tough question because it's like you look at it on one side he goes to the knicks right and he brings you guys like he brings the best out of julius Randle. he gets you guys to the playoffs excitement they haven't yeah it was it was a lot of excitement yeah he got exposed in the playoffs but it was a lot of excitement that year you know the knicks were on a a ride high tail defensively they were the best defensive team in the league Mm -hmm. like they were great but then you look at it on this end, they come back this year, they've added pieces, and they've gotten worse. So I think with Thibodeau, and it, what I, in, in Chicago, Thibodeau, it was kind of like Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. Thibodeau came in when the pieces were there already. He didn't start the trend with it. I think it was Vinnie Del Negro, if I'm not mistaken. He the one who was there Negro. with Negro. Thank you. Wow. What? Sorry. Um, <laughs> good, man. Yeah, no, because it's spelled. I understand. Yeah. You're fine, man. Um. D Rose was that was D Rose's first coach, so it was like he was the first trend. They were bottom playoff team, bottom playoff team, and then boom, (laughs) they uh, Tom Thibodeau comes, they're the one seed. He changes it. He kind of he's kind of like, stop laughing. He made an honest (laughs) mistake, he made an honest
0: mistake. It's just funny, it is. Yeah, I
2: thought it was Vinny Dow. You know what I'm saying? It's all right, bro, but um, he he propels their he propels their ceiling, you know what I'm saying? I got you, so I think. With the with the um, Knicks, he's messing me up. I can't. That's all right, bro. <laughs> it's all right. It's just funny, bro. I'm just. Um, I think nobody's ever corrected me too. That's the craziest part. Yeah, really. Yeah, they just keep letting me say Negro. Yeah, it's kind of like insane. So yeah. now I've been calling this guy Vinny Dell Negro for so long. And now it's like, nah, it's Negro, bro. Ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So um, the, but I don't think he should get fired. I don't. I don't think so. I think, but it's tough. I think because there's no there's no better coach in the market right now. And I think as of right now, you got to give him another year based off what he did last year. I get he's, uh, and I know, he's not great with young players. He's not. He hasn't been that. He's really not good. He's really a disciplined. We have a championship team here, Thibodeau. We need you to coach them. Okay, fine. They're veterans. Cool. I can do that. That's that's the type of coach Tibbs. But at the same time, after what he did last year and bringing you guys back, you guys had your most excitement in damn near a decade I think he deserves another year to kind of like fix it and rewrite the ship. So I don't think Thibodeau should get fired. I think he should get one more year to try it again because you guys did try. You just failed. So I think he should get another year.
0: So Tom Thibodeau hasn't been good this year. His rotations have been bad. The lack of not playing young players when they play well is stubborn, to say the least. OB Toppin, I think, has been deserving more minutes. He hasn't been giving it to him. And now that Randall has been out, obi has been playing pretty well. You know, last two games, 18, 11, and six, then 15 and eight against Miami. Tom Thibodeau has made some questionable decisions, but I think firing him after this season would be reactionary. And I think the fan base, which is a fan base that tends to overreact over everything, is overreacting to Tom Thibodeau right now. I think Tom Thibodeau shot himself in the foot last season by being the fourth seed and exceeding expectations. When you exceed expectations, you now set a standard. And when that standard is not met, fans get irate. And that's what happened. We were the fourth seed last year. Everybody on the Knicks, thought, Knicks fan base thought that Kemba and Fournier were these huge pickups. Fournier is not better than Bullock and doesn't fit the Knicks better than Bullock. Bullock is playing amazing in Dallas. Kemba Walker was a disappointment, I think. Tom Thibodeau was late to bench Kemba. He let him be out there a little bit too long. And we have to remember, last year, before Derrick Rose got traded to the Knicks, we were a 17 and 20 team. We were a team that was going to get a lottery pick or, or be in the playing at most. Yeah. And Derrick Rose has been out this entire year. Tom Thibodeau couldn't count on Julius Randle regressing to not even an all-star level player. He was all NBA last year. He's averaging 20 points this year, which is a four point drop off from last season. RJ Barrett had such a rough start to the season. Derrick Rose has been hurt. Kemba Walker wasn't good. Fournier defensive liability. There have been things that have been happening to the Knicks that are not Tom Thibodeau's fault, but he's getting, he's being scapegoated for this season. With that being said, I think Tom Thibodeau deserves one more year, as long as he doesn't go out and trade all our young players. <laughs> I really don't care. He, I don't want him to Minnesota. Us. I think he deserves one more year. And when looking at this situation, I was curious to find out how how many Coach of the Years have been fired, and it's been five. Avery Johnson, Dwayne Casey was one. Dwayne Casey is yeah. the one. Most Avery Johnson remembered. won sixty seven games in oh five oh six with the Mavericks. But they got eliminated in the first round. That was Dirk's
2: MVP season. And
0: that was the Warriors series, the, the We, we Believe, Believe Warriors. He got fired after that. George Carl, but he didn't, George Carl won 57 wins, he, 57 games in the 12 thirteen season when Denver traded Melo. They they had a bunch oh, of like they played the Warriors. good role players. Yeah, They beat them though.
2: No, they lost to the Warriors. With Gudala Yeah, it was a 3-6. Uh, that was Steph Curry's breakout. They uh-huh. uh, beat them in six games. Oh,
0: but... I found out that George Carr wasn't even fired by the Nuggets. He was fired by Sacramento later on. Byron Scott with the Hornets in 07-08 with Chris Paul won 56 games, then fired after the 9 10 season. I like Byron. Sam Mitchell also, Mike Brown with the Cavs, and Dwayne Casey recently with the Raptors. So there's only been five coaches that have been fired after winning coach of the year. And to me, it's like, I don't know if firing Tom Thibodeau is the solution. I really don't know if it is. We fired Tom Thibodeau, now who takes his place? We might just have another mediocre coach. We might just go through another cycle like we did with Derek Fisher, Jeff Hornacek, and um, I'm forgetting some other names that were coaching us. Like Mike Kurt Woodson. Kurt Rambis, Mike Woodson he got was a fired a decent before. coach. Mike Woodson was good. He was. And he got scapegoated as well and then got fired. So for me, I don't think firing Tom Thibodeau is the answer, at least after this season. He deserves one more season after what he did in his first year. Next year, if it's disappointing, if the stubbornness is still there, which it likely will be, I would be on board with him being fired. But he exceeded expectations last year, and that really hurt his job security in the long run.
1: So instead of just reiterating what you guys are going to say, I'm just going to ask a couple questions. Let's say you guys do move off of Tom Thibodeau, right? Would you want a a coach in similar stature of being a a guy that's more team-oriented and not? Let me, let me rephrase this, actually. Do you want a player coach? Do you want someone that's going to just bring, try and bring out the best in these players and be a little bit more lenient with these guys? Yeah. Or do you want someone similar to Tom Thibodeau that's going to be a hard-ass that wants to do things a specific way but has, to a degree, a history of getting things done? What think, would you
2: rather? I think for me, like, player coaches are essential for young guys. You know, you look at Boston, you even go back and look at Brooklyn. I think with Kenny Atkinson, Imi Adoko, those are player coaches. Those are guys who, young guys tend to, you know, relate more to a player coach, a guy that they can relate to, they can talk to. So I think for the young pieces in um, New York, I think a guy like Thibodeau, who's stubborn, you know, he's very disciplined. He's one way or the other, I think that's more for like a Jimmy Butler, like a veteran mm-hmm. type of D Rose. That's why D Rose is always loves him, yeah, because mm-hmm. he understands. So I think a player coach would fit more for the Knicks young guys. And you also have to think before I get your thoughts. Also, you got to think it's New York. This
1: is a different type of energy than everyone else. This is the media center of the world. This is like one of the more co- I I don't want to say hip. Essentially, do you want that player coach or do you want a coach similar to a of though?
0: I feel like it doesn't. It, it matter. It depends on the direction. Like, if we're gonna go young and just rebuild and you know try to fight for the lottery and get higher picks, then I guess a guy like Kenny Atkinson would work. But I want to win, and I think Thibodeau can win with with the roster that's more talented. Do you think so? I do think so. But back to the point about like Knicks fans being trolls. I think they are overreactionary. They're very stubborn. You look at every single star player that has come to New York. We have treated them like shit. Patrick Ewing, Carmelo Anthony, Julius Randle gave us a great season now. Everybody's turned their backs on him. So do you think that, that Knicks fans treated Melo badly? Yes, 100%. I feel a little differently, truthfully. Now, Knicks fans are like, oh, Melo, man, I missed those days. But I remember back then, Melo was the scapegoat for everything going wrong in New York.
1: Really? Yes. Interesting.
0: Okay. He's not a winner. He doesn't pass. He's shooting too much fadeaway <laughs> jump shots and mid-range shots. He's settling. I I, I, I saw it firsthand and how the fan base treated him, how the national media as a whole treated Melo in those final years. Because of that, that's why I, I do not Thibodeau deserves another year. Okay. And firing him after this year is such a bad president. Even Steve Kerr was like, if I went to New York, I would have been fired and out of the league in a year or two. But he chose the right situation. Coaches have to feel like the Knicks are the right situation and it's not reactionary because a coach has to take a lot into account. I'm going to New York. If I don't win, now I'm going to get so much backlash in New York to the point where you might not even be able to go outside and eat with your family at a nice restaurant because Knicks fans are going to be screaming absurdities at you. And then you also have to take into account the roster. Can I win with this? So there's a lot to take into account. And I think if if a coach sees that a, a coach of the year just got fired, a year after winning the award, it sets a bad, bad president for good coaches around the league to join the Knicks. Fair enough, man. So on to the final topics. We That's our topic list for today. But we're going to answer some Patreon questions. Do it. So these two are both from RJ. Who is the NBA's best role player? In my opinion, it's Mikael Bridges. I think it's Mikael Bridges. Ooh,
2: That's a good one. We're calling him a role player? Yes. What is he? I would say like a defensive star.
1: He is. He's a role player, bro. Alex Caruso is a is a role player. No,
0: Mikhail Bridges is a role player. I think uh, I feel
1: like my answer would be Alex Caruso.
2: Okay, so you That's uh
0: Mikhail Bridges is a role player. That's not always right, over- so He's the case. third
1: best player on the Suns. Would you agree? Fourth. I would say he's better than Aiden. He's mm-hmm. more
2: central than Ayton is. All right, so if that's the case, Marcus know. Smart for yeah. me is the best role player. That's a in great the answer. NBA. That's a great answer. I would go Marcus Smart. I would think maybe Bridges. Okay, maybe Bridges right now is a role player. I think he could be better. That's why.
0: What was the player that had the most potential that was drafted into the wrong situation?
2: This is a tough scenario. This is
1: a tough question because there's a lot of rookies right now that is, are thriving. I have truthfully. one.
0: Tyreek Evans.
1: Oh, we're talking about all time? I thought we were just going off this this most recent one.
0: I I mean, this didn't this doesn't yeah. have a time to it. Mm-hmm. I it. Mean, Tyreek Evans. Break that down. Why do you feel like that? I feel that way because as a rookie, he averaged 20 points per game, five rebounds, five assists. He was efficient from the field, not from the three. He always had to work on his jump shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: His rookie year in Sacramento was the year that he had his highest usage percentage while being in Sacramento. Every year his usage went down and down. They were try- He came into the league as a point guard. Then Sacramento was like, no, now he wants you to play the two, now the three. He never got to fully thrive as a point guard and keep playing that position. That was always his position. And a guy in their rookie season averaging 20 points per game, five rebounds, and five assists, that's somebody who should ascend to an all-star. But because he was in Sacramento, he was held back.
1: I feel like you could say something similar to Zach Levine and him getting drafted in Minnesota, where we saw the potential in Zach Levine but never had that opportunity because there were so many other guys that needed the ball in front of him.
0: He tore his ACL, though. That's true
1: for sure, but even you look at it still, Jimmy Butler was there. Carl Anthony Towns were there. These are guys- He was never there with Jimmy. Oh, you're 100% right. That's the reason why they got yeah. him was because they traded Jimmy.
0: He, he averaged 19 in Minnesota, then tore his ACL, and he was, was out for the it year. It was
1: Wiggins. It was Carl Anthony Towns. And Levine. And was it Derrick Rose also at the time? Jamal Crawford, Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, they was all in that team. So I feel like now you look at it from that sense. It's like you you traded Levine. He comes to the Bulls. He shows you that he can be this dominant offensive force. And it also goes to the sense of why certain teams rush player development. We were talking about Wendell Carter and, and the Bulls and how do we think that the Bulls made a mistake in trading for Vooch? That's one of those scenarios where you know the Bulls couldn't risk Taking the time in player development and needed to make a move for a star. Similarly, where the bull, the Timberwolves needed to make a push for a legit star. It wasn't star. Rose;
0: it was Rubio.
1: Rubio. Okay. So, but similarly, where the Bulls need, uh, the Timberwolves needed to make a push for a star with Carl Anthony Towns with Andrew Wiggins, and they couldn't take the chance and, and wait on Levine to get healthy coming off that torn ACL. So now we see him come to the Bulls, and and he's completely changed the trajectory of his career. I got one:
2: Michael Beasley.
0: That's another great one. That is a great I name. think
2: Michael Beasley getting drafted into Miami, which is typically the heart of Party City, being that type of player, being that type of talent, I feel like he needed to be somewhere where it's just all about basketball. I remember I was watching, it's just relatable, but not relatable. I was watching this Bun B interview about mm-hmm. Lil Wayne, and he was talking about how Lil Wayne, you know, they, they saw the talent early, and he was like, you know, we see the talent, so what we're going to do is we're just going to lock him in the studio. He can do anything he wants to do, but it has to be in the studio because if he leaves the studio it's going to feel uncomfortable feel weird for a walk so you want to have a party okay do it in the studio you know what i'm saying you want to have your boys over play some games that's cool do it in the studio and i feel like for michael Beasley, like same thing i had demar demar said he was drafted to toronto and all he had all it was out there was the gym i feel like for michael Beasley his career would have went a lot differently if all it was was the gym you know all oh, he was just locked in trying to get better so for me and another one, Mar- Marvin Bagley, for obvious reasons, because you know Sacramento, Sacramento. I feel
1: like that was a decent spot for him to thrive in, though. It's just the players, you know. the The coaching situation was a rough one, and that's fair. I feel like coaches
2: is a big. He part. had the opportunity, but I feel like if he had the coach and the opportunity fair for enough, a big man. two, I agree. Like I think, but I Michael Beasley would be my number one.
0: And this is a TikTok question: Where would Damian Lillard rank right now amongst the top point guards in the NBA?
1: I still say he'd he'd be top five, but closer to five than
0: th- he's. Barely cracking the top five for me. He's, he's closest. Luca's to... better. So we're,
2: we're counting Luca as a guy. So Trey clear. Young
0: is better. Steph Curry's better. John Moran is better. And if you count Harden as a point guard, he's better than Dame. And then Dame's not top five. Dame is barely cracking the top five.
2: I would probably have him at five. I would have I'm not counting five. Harden as a, guard, as a point okay. guard. So I would have him at five, six. He's in the five, seven range. Let me say that. He's. Five to seven, he's in that type of range. I feel like Trey Young has overlapped him. John Morant is probably gonna overlap him. He already did it. Luca clears, Steph clears, so I think he's in the five. I 7 I just don't range.
1: want us to forget what Damian Lillard is.
0: I know, I know what Dame court. is, but Trey Young in his third season in the NBA did something that Dame it took him years to do, which was make the conference finals.
2: I want, I want to say this though: Dame is in the five-seven range, but there isn't a scenario. Where he can get back into that four conversation isn't they, no is there is okay. a scenario right. he is still that type of talent you
0: don't he can't be top three though he can be over I don't, Steph Luka I think Steph Tra- Luca. Steph,
1: Luke, Steph Luca, he could be three again
0: over Trey he could be I don't think he can be over Trey he anymore. can I, be easily. I feel like
2: it's it's tough with Trey because like he the numbers Listen, Trey's and, numbers are so and, ridiculous and, and what you're
1: saying also makes sense it took him years to get to where Trey already did it in his what third year whatever it was so regardless regards to that. The season, after now his team's fighting for a play playing spot. At least Damian was consistently making the playoffs. Without a what, the what? year,
0: Dame averaged thirty. There wasn't a play-in. They were thirty and eight. What year? No, they, when he went thirty and eight. They, they, they were in the playing. In in really bubble, bad. In in the, that, bubble. that
2: team was worse than this Atlanta team. You know that
0: they had CJ McCollum still, and Damian uh, was there uh, still. But Damian missed a lot of uh, time. Right, and right. Dame put the team on his shoulders every single Trey game. Trey is putting the team on his shoulders right now, for sure. And They're it's ten
1: seed. It's not resulting in anything. The East is tough. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. I will give you that. He shouldn't be lower <laughs> than Charlotte. Think, I though. think Dame. That, should not be I lower agree. I think Dame
0: is barely and cracking think, the top. And five. Think
1: about it. Aside from you, which you, you know, I'm sure if we included you in this, you'd have a stroke. But people had high expectations for for the Hawks. For them to be where they are right now is a, is a complete utter disappointment, and that's not because of Trey Young. But you still have to credit team success. And when you evaluate a, a, a player to a degree that's not
2: because of him but it is because of him at the same time he is a part of the defensive he's problem. a liability on defense so, so, uh, agreed wholehearted. but I'll give him like 20-80 blame that's fair
0: okay so that's gonna do it for episode 166 of man. the Pick Aside podcast <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter and, and see. on Instagram at Pick A Pod on Twitter on Pick A Podcast on Instagram and on TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast don't forget to rate and review our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. know about
1: the merch. Come on. And you can know. also buy there some merch on
0: picassidepodcast.com and, and, and read some really nice articles. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.